0: Here we go, episode 132 with my friend, Hot Shot Scott Soden.
1: Well, you'll be happy to know that your Seattle
0: Mariners are now 1-0, and baby. Did they win? Who says
1: I don't watch did and they follow win? sports? They
0: did, 5-4. It was 4-4 four, four the last time I checked. How do you know? You know more about the Mariners oh, yeah. and RIPs than anybody.
1: That's, it's almost the same thing sometimes, by the way. <laughs> Especially right around, you know. Oh. Summertime. But, hey, it
0: was a 5-4 win
1: over the Padres today in Cactus League action. Yes. Always Cactus League What's action. What's their magic say. number in the
0: American League West? Uh, I think it's a 161 or something like that. But, yeah, they're on a one-game win streak. On a roll. That's right. That's right. On a roll. I Go love to sports. Vegas. Yeah. Go to Vegas and put your money down on the, on the Mariners <laughs> to win it all. Yes, sir. I guess the reason that I don't know about the Mariners win over the Padres is I've been looking at this – can I say pissing match on a podcast? I guess I can. You can say anything on, an on a podcast. podcast. On yes, an unfiltered you can. <laughs> This pissing match between linebacker Matthew Judon of the Baltimore Ravens and the ESPN Ravens reporter, the Brady Anderson oh. of Baltimore named Jamison Hensley. Have you been following this? I love a nice pissing match, but I haven't been following this one. Well, these two just Well, Judon is really, really mad because I guess he's a free agent. Okay. And the ESPN reporter, Jamison Hensley, has been reporting that he was offered $16.5 million in the middle of the oh. year, and he turned it down. And Judon says that that didn't happen. That's an outright line. He's mad. And they've been going back and forth. Judon's been throwing haymakers <laughs> at, Hen- at Hensley on Twitter and I social media. And Hensley's just been responding by being very nice. Hey, if you want to talk about this off the air, yeah, yeah. I've always been fair with you. And, and that's just getting... Judon even more pissed <laughs> until it, it reached the boiling point for the first time. I've never seen this one in sports. The player is now threatening on social media if Jamison Hensley, dude, if you don't retract this report, I am going to post pictures of you at a strip club. <laughs> Come on! Wait. So he's he's just been carrying those around forever? Or How does that work? I don't even know that they exist.
1: Okay, that's a pretty big bluff, though. If it's you a don't, don't have, have bluff. them. Yeah, if you don't have it's those, a, it's like a two and a five off suited. Yes,
2: that's right. Oh, so I'm.
1: Shit. So we yeah, have a lot of questions for him. Has he always just
0: had those waiting for this moment? Did I don't somebody know. on Twitter send them to him? I don't. Know. Or does he not have them? I can't I don't wait to know. find he out. He wrote. Here's here here's what he wrote. He wrote. I know you all don't know this, and this is after Hensley said that he was offered $16.5 million and he turned it down. And he's pissed about that because he doesn't want his fans to think that he p- turned down that offer.
1: I mean, to be fair to him, that is personal and it could affect your money down the road. You know, you, you don't but want it, that out there.
0: But Hensley's job as an ESPN reporter is to report. If he's okay. got a source that tells him that the star was offered $6.5 million and turn it down, you want him not to report I, that? Well, I'm, I'm
1: saying you could be upset by that being I, out there. This is
0: what Judon just wrote. I know you all don't know because I just found out this year, but you have about a month to sign a long-term deal after being franchise tag. If a deal doesn't get done in that time, ain't no deal and ain't no talking between the two parties. So Jamison Hensley. I'm waiting for your ESPN sourced apology, or I'm leaking these photos I got with you in the strip club. That's unbelievable. And he's a he's a he's a husband. He's a father, oh. and the whole thing. Oh, never have I seen such no. a thing. <laughs> Only on social media. <laughs> Two adults going you think at you it like do it? this. You um, think the player will do it? If he doesn't get an apology, ESPN, by the way, says we stand by Hensley. We oh. hit. We stand by this report. And we're not retracting. So they've essentially said, okay, go. You say you want to release Ooh. these photos, go. Because we're not retracting and we're not apologizing. So does the player, the next, by the time the next time I see you on Wednesday night, will this player have posted the strip club photos of the ESPN reporter?
1: If in fact he has them. If he has them. Yes. I think his agent's going to call him and tell him to simmer down a little bit. <laughs> Just send him the pictures. Right. <laughs> we don't need any lawsuits of defamation at this point. We're trying to get a new contract here. Calm down, buddy. Oh, God. That's
0: crazy, though. So how many reporters does he have pictures of? Everyone (laughs) down the line? (laughs) I I think he probably threw a party and invited them all there, took the pictures. (laughs) Tariko's shaking in his boots right now. (laughs) Episode 132, don't go there, of Mitch Unfiltered. (laughs) Please subscribe for free on all podcast platforms. If you'd like more than one show per week, you can become a Mitch Unfiltered patron at $5 a month at MitchUnfiltered.com. .com and you'll have access to the rest of the week's shows like this past week. We had 131P, which I thought was terrific, with Mattress Mac. Oh, yeah. And the lady who was on the United Flight, United Flight 328, who was sitting on the window seat. I feel like I want her in my life somehow. Oh, don't you? Was I don't she... know.
1: I like an aunt her. Or... Oh, She's probably
0: too young to be. Barbara my... Underwood is her name. I-,
1: I need her in my life. Lovely lady. She sounded so lovely. Lovely lady. I need to go to her
0: house for dinner. And how about Mattress Mac? Continuing to to throw out the temper pedic line for the mattresses.
1: <laughs> he was just born to be a salesman, wasn't he? Just born. And hey, don't forget to come out and get your temper pedics <laughs> They probably are nice beds. <laughs> oh
0: god. That was great. Yes. And not only was that released to the patrons this week, a special from our own version of Martha Quinn. <laughs> yes. Hotshot Scott did a one-hour retrospective yep. on Ann Wilson, Seattle legend Ann Wilson. Yeah, the music of Ann Wilson. The music of Ann Wilson. Yeah, which... Just the music of Ann Wilson? I haven't heard it yet. Not just Ann... Not the story of Ann Wilson?
1: It's a lot of the music. Like, I I go down and, like, all their top 40 hits, I play and talk about a little bit. But you have to talk a little bit about their life and, you know, and her and her sister were together forever. Did they
0: get in a fight? Wasn't there a fight over something? Well, I don't want to give it all away, but there was... I thought that there was a husband who got mad at... I I, don't know. There was some
1: ugliness that happened at the White River Amphitheater in Auburn, Washington
0: involving one of their kids and one of their husbands or am I wrong about that
1: Anne's sister Nancy has 16 year old twins and I guess they were in Ann and her new husband's RV okay backstage and Ann Wilson and her husband have an RV okay like they all do a trailer okay, okay. during the shows okay and the, Nancy's 16 year olds left the door open I guess and they've maybe have been told not to do that
0: don't leave the door open
1: Ann's husband assaulted these 16 year olds and was arrested the next day.
0: Assault, like physically assaulted smacked him, smacked him, or slapped You're him, kidding. or
1: he, he assaulted him. I wasn't oh, there, well, but he good. was arrested. He, he admitted to it, and he, re, he got arrested the next day. Well, wow! Like I said on the podcast, did he could, go to jail over this? I don't think he went to jail, but you yeah. can imagine Nancy's uh opinion after that happened oh, right no, that somebody smacking nancy your 16 Anne. year olds yeah, yeah
0: i don't know much about this i don't know much about them i'm gonna listen to your thing and learn i know about heart i think i know a couple of songs but i don't really know the whole
1: Anne and nancy wilson story yeah it's mostly about Anne because she's the lead singer but yeah but nancy did sing on three or four songs at all when she had, their first number one hit nancy sang on <laughs> she sings on one song and it goes to number one which i thought was interesting they didn't have a number one until Nancy sang. On Are it.
0: they still together? Do they still sing? Are they still in Seattle? Do they still have Pacific Northwest ties, roots?
1: Well, or Anne recently know. moved to rural Florida for a little slower paced life with yeah. her and her a new Florida husband. woman. She's now a Florida woman, and, and he's
0: now a Florida man, assaulting two kids. Now a yeah, Florida man. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, they they have rekindled. They have rekindled the relationship. Okay. Like a year or so ago. And have you ever met her for, through Cube or? I wanted to. I love her. I've never met her. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. I've, I, I always thought maybe I'd, I've, I've bumped into Eddie Vedder and people from Nirvana and wow. Soundgarden, you know. But not he, her. Never Ann Wilson. I don't know if she lived in the city or on the east side. I don't know. So
0: this is number what in your series? This was, is number four or three, four.
1: I did one. Phil Collins was November. Right. Steve Perry, December. Yeah. Lou Graham, january and then february i barely made it in february the day before <laughs> the month ended well
0: people who've heard it's it really me. like it well
1: that's very well nice. they're just Thank probably
0: you. trying to be nice they want to encourage you instead of discouraging you
1: yeah and it's it's like i always say it's the music you love the music people are loving you know you forget about some of these songs too i, I bet you know a dozen songs i bet you could sing along to a dozen songs because they sort of i know people probably don't care but they sort of had two different periods right they had the crazy on you barracuda hard rock and stuff in the 70s yeah and then they reinvented themselves in the 80s
0: with Alone oh. and Never, yeah.
1: Stranded, and all these. I don't these. know them by
0: name, but I'll listen to it, and yeah. I'll, I'll report back to you on the, on what, episode 132P this week, how many of your songs are their songs I knew in your piece. Did you ever listen to Lou Graham? You probably never did. Yeah. Oh, you We've did? we talked about this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've oh, listened well, I, to them all. Oh, yeah. you have? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll be happy that to That was know. probably the one that I, I knew the least amount of the music okay. so far. Okay. Without having listened to
1: Ann Wilson. You'll know a ton of these. And by okay. the way, the hotshot okay. wife makes an appearance. You're kidding. Four words. I gave her four words. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it's Patrons. Weird I didn't even, it doesn't even sound like her when I hear her. It was weird. Really? Was like, Your voice sounds like that. It didn't sound like <laughs> it at all. But anyway. It's because you haven't listened to her since you got married. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that would help if I actually listened, took the headphones off around well, the house. You do, you
0: do listen when she tells you to go get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: true. God, I know. That's the only time.
0: Anyway, patron shows, if you want to become a Mitch Unfiltered patron, there are other shows besides the Monday show. We release them uh, sporadically during the week. You go to MitchUnfiltered.com and become a patron. I've got bad news. Oh, boy. Major dilemma, and you're the one who told me the bad news. Our podcast rate, we always say, please... Not only listen, subscribe to the free Monday shows, but we also ask people to go to the website where they listen to podcasts Mm -hmm. and leave a rating and review, five stars and say what you think, because it helps us in a number of different ways. It gets us on lists. It gets us listeners. It actually gets us guests because sometimes publicists will go to our site and see, well, let's see what kind of a rating he's got. Let's see what people say about, let's see what his audience says. And it helps us get the guests that people want to hear, right? Major dilemma. Oh, boy. Major dilemma.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. Oh, this is the one I tipped you off to. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: You said two stars. I see three stars. Oh, it is. It is three. I thought it was two. On my screen, it was three stars, but it's still oh. less than five, and it brings the rating down. Yeah. How Had I not when been When you only here, have eight, eight ratings, and-, and... <laughs> Yeah, it hurts the, the curve a little more. <laughs> so the guy wrote a book to describe why he did three stars, although he wrote about a num- number of different topics, but it got down to Scott and his COVID hysteria. It's getting ridiculous. Yeah, That's why is. we need people to give us some five star recommendations. You know, hospitalizations with the flu has dropped, I think he means have dropped, five hundred thousand in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Shots, Scott's shots at the bachelor guy, which I don't remember you taking. Did you take shots at well, the bachelor guy? Well, you asked guy? me about
1: it when I was in Arizona. Remember that whole thing bro? Yeah, yeah, I know the story. He's since been fired and replaced, yeah, so yeah. my shots may
0: have been warranted if if I did. You took shots at him. I guess, yeah. Scott's shots at the bachelor guy. <laughs> Apparently, this guy likes the bachelor guy. He doesn't even have the facts. His sports knowledge is below average. It doesn't have to be at your level. I guess he's speaking to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he should be better than a sixth grade girl. He, he had me all the way up until that last thing. Oh. Like God. to him. So, Compa- I, by the way, first of all, comparing your sports knowledge to a sixth grade girl is an insult to yeah.
1: all sixth grade girls. <laughs> I agree. But the fact that he thinks calling me a girl is the biggest insult he can throw. Now I, I know who he is. Now it doesn't bother me at all. I Man, uh, I, I know what kind of guy he is. Yeah.
0: I, anyway, if, but if he hurts. Big us. insult. It hurts when yeah. he. Th- it hurts. It does a little bit. Yeah. It hurts. Like we were just rejected for like five guests. <laughs> can can <laughs> we delete it? Can we delete? Uh, no. You can't delete. I can't delete ratings and reviews well, on Apple know. Podcasts. Just, <laughs> what kind of power do you think I have? Who do you think I am? I don't
1: know. I thought because it's your podcast. You, you think I'm control. Joe Rogan?
0: <laughs> do I look like Joe
1: Rogan to you? Yeah, it's identical.
0: Now, there were some good <laughs> ones. So I don't, I don't just read the bad ones. We got five stars from a guy named Lou in Bend. I told you we're big in Bend, we Oregon. Are. Yes. He writes, two guys. One is smart and the other is Scott. <laughs>
1: I'm with him up until then. But I'm bummed.
0: Mitch and Scott go way beyond sports. Mitch is great handling the interviews while Scott has a deft hand with dead people. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm with him. I'm with him. I look forward to every (laughs) podcast and consider the $5 a month to be a patron. An absolute steal. A five-star review is not enough stars. Oh, that's nice. Writes Lou and Ben. That was very nice. He posted that on, on his podcast app. Zach from Cheney. Originally from Bainbridge Island. Love it. Love the pod. Been listening since you were on KJR. I liked it so far. This is where it little, it, it doesn't... My grandma loved listening.
1: <laughs> I saw that one. I wonder if he was kidding or
0: not. My grandma oh, loved listening to your Magnolia Dynamo segment. That's Sandmeyer. Oh, Sandmeyer, right. Yeah, yeah. As I did. By the way, Hotshot is the perfect co-host mm. for you, Zach from Chaney. That, that, that whole Dynamo thing, was that based on... That guy you used to have on yeah. when I was running yeah. the board for okay. That was Sandmeyer's ripoff of, of Greg Roberts. Greg the, Roberts, he right? He called himself the Dixie Dynamo. So we did a thing with Sandmeyer called the Magnolia Dynamo. That's right. Which by the way, I've invited I've invited the Magnolia Dynamo on yeah. a few times, but the Magnolia Dynamo does not want to do the show. Doesn't want to know from us, anyway, does he? Yeah. Anyway. Do you have to throw in that the grandma? <laughs> I knew that was gonna get you. <laughs> the grandma. You gotta understand something. And I'm gonna be. I'm going to be dead serious here for a minute. I'm not going to be like I was at the beginning, at the end of 131. We got a lot of emails about that. Oh, yeah. The way we ended 131. But um, I am going to be serious for a second. People telling me that their mothers and fathers were great fans of mine, that line sent me in and of itself to counseling. (laughs) Come on. Yes. What do you think my grandma.
1: Of course <laughs> oh man we're not gonna get through the show you're gonna be on the couch before we even end
0: my, my mom and dad were huge fans uh, of yours yeah if that throws me for a loop oh. my grandma no c- c- come on no oh. no that's got to be off limit. grandparents have to be off. <laughs> i love grandparents i love old people as you know
1: yes but, you do see i was on a hit music station so i haven't got that yet i haven't got the grandma God thing no, yet mighty the hit music station grandma <laughs>
0: I love the Magnolia (laughs) Dino Guests on 132 This is episode 132 Joel Corey Ever heard of him Yes We've had him on a few times I love Joel Corey He has become And I, I, I kid you not He has become America's favorite guest Who would that have been Who was the The guest that went on The Letterman Would it be Rickles letterman carson there was always there was two yeah. or three or five or six people that would all how about the person from the san diego zoo oh uh uh joan uh embry? Joan, joan embry yeah yeah, yeah but then yeah. there was the guy too
3: yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes d- hannah or jack, jack, hannah, jack hannah maybe, jack maybe? Jack yeah, hannah. yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> okay. See, I shouldn't know that stuff.
0: That and Mariners and dead people. I I need a garage sale to get rid of that shit in my head. I don't need it. Joel Corey is a former NFL agent who has really kind of carved out a really nice niche for himself. Okay. He's a former NFL agent who has become a salary cap slash contract expert. That's right. For CBS's NFL coverage, CBSSports.com. I am telling you, no kidding this guy has become sports radio's favorite guest. Well, I mean, it's a great... He is on 25 (laughs) shows a week. Yeah. Not not as, like, a regular guest. Not, like, as a weekly contributor. He's just asked 25 times he told me before we started i can't even i I don't have the time in the day to return all the messages he gets every city wants to have him on especially this time of year with free agents and salary caps and what can they afford and russell wilson yada yada yada. it's a great niche to carve out because who the hell
1: wants to understand and who the hell can understand oh you think you can understand it all okay well then why well, do you have I, him on
0: no 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 well it's more than just <laughs> no, okay. it's more than just salary but cap. It's, it's like it's confusing though to a lot of people yes but that's not what he's on for what he's on for is what's russell wilson going to ask for in the next contract i see okay okay what is jamal adams going to ask for if he doesn't want just safety money what is he going to ask for what's it going to take to sign him what would you do if you're the the seahawks what would you do with shaq griffin would you oh, franchise man. him or would you expose him to the open market what would you do with chris carson how much can he look to get i mean yeah. it's not for us it's not salary cap it's kj Wright. is kj right. Wright going to get a get a big offer from the jets what would you do with carlos dunlap they've got to make a decision 14 and a half million or cut him and try to bring him back but expose him to there's a ton of decisions that the Seahawks and all these teams have to make, and Joel Corey knows the answer. <laughs> Good. I can't wait to hear. There you go. I'm curious what's going to happen with Shaq. I Griffin. do have an apology in advance, and my mom would be upset with me because she would say, don't say anything because people won't notice. I think they will notice. We had a little bit of a technical issue with Joel Corey, so there is a little static. You're going to have to fight through a little bit of static with that with that interview. It's not bad. Okay. It's not bad, but I did I did want to acknowledge it because I know if I don't say anything <sighs> I'm j the first tweets on Monday morning. <laughs> You're so wh- scarred what, by your listeners. What the <laughs> hell happened with the stat? Why did you have all that static? How come you didn't tell us about that? Whatever. There's a little bit of static we'll on, the yeah. on, the, uh, on the line on the on the line with Joel Corey. But you can hear him perfectly clear. In the world of Zoom and everything that's been going on sometimes the past year, sometimes you get static. It's fine. It's sometimes fine. you get static. Yeah. So Joel Corey will be on episode one thirty two. He'll be guest one and I think Seahawks fans will will enjoy that conversation. It's 20 minutes about all the the decisions that face the Seattle Seahawks. Steve Phillips. Oh, yeah. I've been thinking about Steve Phillips since the whole Kevin Mather thing broke last week. Yeah. I wanted to get a former GM's perspective because I have this view that I've not talked to you about. Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it in our first segment. Anyway, Steve Phillips, the former Mets general manager, my buddy, used to be on this radio show all the time. He's going to tell us. About what his reaction was when he saw the club president say what he said, what he thinks the mess really is. Is it truly a mess or yeah. isn't it a mess? Will it just pass? What they have to do to clean it up, the people that are still there, who they should hire to be president and GM, uh, not GM, president and CEO, he all has, that was he he's has got names, a lot of opinions. He has thoughts on that. I mean, no, he just has thoughts on whether they should go outside the oh, organization. I see. What kind or of a what person. kind of a person they gotcha. should hire? And then there's Chris Nowinski. Have you ever heard the name Chris Nowinski? I don't think so. See, you're a WWE guy, aren't you, or WWF guy? Yeah, no? more WWF, but yeah, Chris Nowinski. Played offensive line at Harvard. Right. Didn't make it in the NFL and turned and became a wrestler for the McMahon, the uh, Vince McMahon, a WWE, WWF, whatever, wrestler for a short time. And then he quit that and he's a really bright guy, went to Harvard. And what he did was he turned his life to CTE. Mm. He became a CTE expert and he co-founded the big CTE center at Boston University, which when you hear the stories that Vincent Jackson's family is is donating his brain to research to find out if he had CTE, yeah. this is where all the brains go. Oh, gotcha. He co-founded the institute in Boston where all the brain where all the research is done and where all the brains go. And we're gonna have a discussion about CTE and about whether the NFL and college football and high school football has paid close attention the last 10 or 15 years. And he's going to give advice to parents of young boys who want to play football. Mm. He played football. He knows all about CTE and has a lot of, obviously big time opinions so we're gonna have that conversation
1: i'm glad that he's gonna do the whole advice to parents thing because people always ask me like they have little kids what do because i coached high school you know but i don't really know what to tell them i don't want to tell them oh yeah it's fine go ahead and play and then their kid gets hurt for god's sake so chris nice Nowinski. to hear from an expert chris Nowinsky
0: will tell you all about the progress or lack thereof that we've made over the last 10 or 15 you know it's only about 15 years yeah. ago that mike webster oh. the center for the pittsburgh steelers i think he was the first one Whose whose brain was analyzed as having some brain damage from. And and then ever since then, it's just been a long litany of former NFL and football players and people we never even heard of that played football that have taken their lives and had all kinds of problems after their playing days were over. Brutal. Anyway, episode 132. Joel Corey, Steve Phillips, and Chris Nowinski. Hotshot episode 132. Just Not Possible. Without our partners, if you're thinking about a new fireplace or fire pit for a cozy family gathering, you're crazy not to begin your search at Fireside Home Solutions. We're getting ready to add a fire pit to our backyard, and they do them all, and garage doors too, firesidehomesolutions.com. The Kirkland Office of Guild Mortgage. I keep hearing from unfiltered listeners how awesome Jordan Flowers team is. Patron Melissa emailed me, paid off both my cars and credit cards, and I literally have $2,500 a month more for savings. Such a blessing. Spend seven minutes on the phone, 425-250-3150. The Kirkland Office of Guild Mortgage. Evergreen Golf Call. Tax advisors, certified financial planners, experienced portfolio managers. Working together to bring retirement planning, taxes, and investments all under one roof. EvergreenGK.com. More than just a financial advisor, Evergreen is everything wealth. The growth spurt of Zeke's during the pandemic is just remarkable. Up to Bellingham now we go with two new locations coming soon. Delicious Northwest Pizza, the best craft beer to your door in minutes. Download the app, Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. And as we begin to trickle out to restaurants again, don't forget a pillar of the Northwest for 40 years at Leschi, South Lake Union in Bellevue Place, Daniel's Broiler, welcoming everyone back to their fantastic dining rooms no place better than daniel's broiler for special occasions a world-class steakhouse this is episode 132 and it starts right now unfiltered I think Kevin Mather for whatever reason decided with this group he wanted to be provocative he wanted to be different than the normal GM presidents speak where they don't tell you anything he wanted to give dirt he wanted to get give you inside good stuff he wanted to be funny I think, in his mind, he got on a roll, and he got carried away, and it was
4: awful. Unfiltered.
0: Look, he's had a great life, and he's got a privileged life, and he's got more money than anybody on the pretty much any athlete on earth. Yeah. And I, I get all that, but he also has had a very complicated life, and and he's had an interesting relationship with his father. And there's a lot there, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. To me, people are really hard on Tiger Woods. Really hard on Tiger Woods. Too hard on Tiger. Tiger Woods. Mitch is unfiltered. And here we go. Episode 132. Three guests. Well, i shot Scott. On your quest to get vaccinated.
1: Have you been vaccinated? No. no. Okay. Well, you'll be happy to know Please. that. You'll be happy to know that. R. Kelly, the singer, has not only received one, but both of his COVID vaccines whilst awaiting trial in Chicago's Metropolitan Correction Center. (laughs) How's yours coming along? You got to get arrested, go to jail, then you get both of them. I mean, it's brilliant.
0: I want the Johnson & Johnson one. Have you been reading about that? Is that the single? Yeah. Single dose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One needle beats two needles every time. It does.
1: Yeah, but the the two one's been out a little longer. Yeah, maybe it's better,
0: more effective. I can't believe R. Kelly got both of them in prison. Well, I think... Isn't the prison system being... uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, but I just thought it was funny. I think, yeah, well... You're on the
1: outside dying to get it and you can't get it. I'm
0: dying to get it. We've got a... uh, I've talked about this with you. We've got a summer trip planned in 2021 that we've been planning for a long, long time. That's right. And we don't know whether we are going to be able to go on it. We've got airplane tickets, country-to-country train tickets activities, hotels, I mean, the whole thing. We've got this long trip in the summer that we've never, the family, my family, we've never traveled outside the United States, ever. It's a have been I mean, vacation. That's we right, I'm it. Chevy Chase, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> Max, poor Max. Max is like going to be, what, 19 years old in a, in a few weeks. He's going to be 19 years old in a few months anyway. Yeah. And I've never taken him really outside the United States. I've never had really the desire to do it. So we put together this boffo huge trip, I don't know how we're going to do the podcast. We'll try to figure out a way to do the podcast from Europe. I'll, yeah. I'll check in from Europe. We'll do the podcast, but and we've got all of this, all of these resources tied into this uh, like three and a half weeks. And I don't know whether we can go. First of all, I don't know that I would ever go without the without the vaccine. Second of all, everything's closed off and everything's closed. Right, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if I can get my money back on half this stuff. I don't. This is a mess. It's a
1: tough one. anyway. Yeah. So like, it's I'm a sure, tough like, one. Like, yes, it, it's a tough one. But. I'm sure like museums are all, everything you want to see is closed, right? I think I mean, most
0: of it's closed. And I don't know if, I don't even know foreign countries, certain countries are allowing oh, international right. travel, you know, or at least travel visitors to, that are going to come sightsee. I mean, is this the time to go sightseeing? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Stonehenge might be The kinda...
0: Levy's walking down uh, with our masks on, walking the only down Paradise. going to Paris. Knocking on the door of the Louvre. <laughs> right. Can I get in? <laughs> right. Is Mona there?
1: <laughs> the only ones walking around. I leave. I love it.
5: Oh,
0: uh, I don't know. So
1: when are you going to make it? You know. have to make a call at some point.
0: Yeah, it's going to go right down to the wire, I think. Anyway, this is uh, episode 132. You know, this is supposed to be the slow time of the year. Think about what's happened since last Monday show. Now, I know we do the patron shows during the week, mm-hmm. but a lot of the listeners right now are not patrons, so they've not heard us. Think about what's happened during the slow time since last Monday. Kevin Mather, the CEO and president of the Mariners, his tenure as Mariners CEO and president is over. You are correct, yes. Disturbing video remarks to his Bellevue Rotary presentation, and he was let go. We were just seeing it break when we recorded episode 131, so we only talked about it in depth on 132. And you think they had to do what they did? Yeah, they had to. I mean, especially
1: in 2021.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's no coming
1: back from that i mean i heard cory brock who we had on 131p P, right he said he doesn't think that that mathers previous stuff that he was you know involved with really mattered he thinks that Mather said enough to get to get let go on it this this stands on its own and I, I tend to agree with him
0: frank in tucson wrote me an email he said mitch do you agree with the experts that the m's have a real mess on their hands and they may not be able to get from behind this I trust Steve Phillips and all these other people a lot more than I trust myself, but I will give you my thought that I think that's overstated. Okay. Sometimes when you're involved, you know this, sometimes when you're involved in a huge, messy story, right at the time, you have a way of, your mind plays tricks with you Yeah, you, you inflate almost. it a bit, it's the end of the world. End of the world. Yeah, yeah. They'll never be able to get from behind this. The yep. Mariners are shot, yada, yada, yada. The more I think about this, the more I believe... They're going to be fine. Well, I don't know if they're going to be fine because they've been lousy for 100 years, so maybe they'll be lousy for 100 more years. But when I think about mess and cleanup, I don't know. I, I don't see it being that big of a problem. I mean, you can go through the groups, right? Start with the people that he offended. The players. All right, well, he... Offended a lot of people, but offended coaches and analysts and and Iwakuma was on the staff and whatever. You start with Kelnick and, and Rodriguez, the two young guys. I called them, I think it was on 131P. These are the two most important pieces of your future. They are the fourth and fifth best prospects yep. in all of baseball. There's only one team, believe it or not, in Major League <laughs> Baseball who have two of the top five prospects in the sport, and it's your Seattle Mariners. We never could I, – I, I don't even know that I believe that. Can we fast forward two years to see how they're doing? I don't
1: have time to wait. Come on. Well, no, you might not have to fast forward <laughs> two years with
0: Kownick. You might be able to fast forward two months with Kownick and know how okay. he's doing. Okay, so he offended Rodriguez because he said his English wasn't great when everybody else says his English is wonderful. Yeah. I think he'll get over it. I think he's a young, young guy. He'll either enjoy the organization because of his teammates and his coaches and everybody else, or he won't. I I think he'll get beyond that. Kelnick was offended because something that he always thought was true now was confirmed, that they manipulated his start time. And he also called him, he kind of called him a cocky player. He doesn't lack for self-confidence. He took a Jared Kelnick is going to be fine. Julio Rodriguez, I can't guarantee this, but I think yeah. these all these guys are going to be fine. In fact, Kelnick might be thrilled because it might give him a better chance yeah. of making the opening day roster that Kevin Mather made those remarks to the Bellevue Rotary. Yeah. You heard him say we're going to start him down in Tacoma for a month so that they could push the start time a, a year and now everybody's on on lookout. So if he has if he has a good spring training, He's going to be on the opening day. They're not going to be able to start him. Yeah. And so he might have actually prospered, <laughs> benefited benefits from this. From this <laughs> yeah. On so some level. He'll be fine. We can put I him in the he'll fine column. I think they'll both be fine. Okay. Insensitive remarks towards Iwakuma and the translator. Will that cost them? Well, they've been long a great place for Asian-born players. There's no other team yeah. in the sport that has been a, a better home for Asian-born players. Not to mention the fact that the biggest star in the history of Japan baseball, Japanese baseball, Ichiro, is still on the staff and Iwakuma's on the staff. And right. so I, I don't think that the shot about the translator and Iwakuma, I don't think that that's going to bother them. And then you got the Seeger remark. The question becomes, okay, will that somehow annoy veterans that are either on the team or on another team that would consider through free agency joining the Mariners? Is there a mess there? And I would say because he took a shot at a nice guy like Seeger and said that he's overpaid, right. I would say how often does a player, a free agent, make his decision based on where he's getting the most money in the most years? Well, I would say they typically go where I would, the money is. Right? I, would, I would say nine out of ten times. Okay, right. So do you think they're not going to go to the Mariners Right. Because a president in 2021 said some things to the Bellevue Rotary Club <laughs> and he was dismissed. Is he, are they going to take an inferior deal somewhere else because they don't want to play for the Mariners organization? Maybe I'm, I'm Pollyanna. Maybe I'm not looking at this close enough. It feels to me like it's a big story now that will go away. Yeah. Anyway, so that happened since last Monday. Of course, the Tiger Woods thing happened. Yes. What, Tuesday? After we uh, released episode 131. So we talked about that on 131P as well. Tiger Woods, lucky to be alive. Yes. After a single car accident in Los Angeles on Tuesday morning. We've now since learned the Tiger's had many surgeries, many procedures. They even moved him from one hospital to another in the middle of the night. Yep, they did. So that he could get some different treatment and some different doctors at uh, in los angeles but uh yeah he was closer to the ucla one so that's why he went there but josh and kent wrote mitch hope you guys talk tiger again on Monday show i'm too cheap to become a patron so didn't hear 131p <laughs> all right well he's getting his wish so what did you think when you saw tiger's accent when you saw the picture of the car on the side of the road or down the cliff for the first time
1: well i was surprised that he was alive to be honest with you and if, if he is alive he's never going to walk again i mean he, he's going to be He's going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life, the way that car looked. It was, it was, the fact that they pulled him out of that wreck in one piece was surprising to me. Yeah. So I'm glad. And, you know, I don't know if you care about Dr. Oz, but Dr. Oz, he's not treating Tiger, but he thinks Tiger could make a full recovery and be back on the golf course in a year from this injury. Maybe not on the PGA Tour, but could play golf. He broke in a year. both legs. Yeah,
0: Compound fractures, broken skin, infection problems, shattered his ankle. Yeah.
1: The the doctor, he said, look at um, the uh, Washington Football Club, Alex Smith. Mm -hmm. A little closer to Alex Smith's injury than maybe Theismann, like we
0: talked about. So, and Alex Smith made a comeback. But didn't Alex Smith have one injury? Fine. (laughs)
1: Yeah, he had one. And Tiger
0: seems to have three or four or five different issues as a result. Look, I, I don't even know... He didn't play much golf to begin with leading up to this. He'd had his fifth or sixth back surgery. He was coming back from that. I, didn't, I don't know how much golf we could have really reasonably expected Tiger to play in the next few years anyway. Yeah. My mind has not – I really have not let myself even go there. Not, it really doesn't matter much to me. Not competitively, I, yeah. but I hope he can play 18 with his son. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, that's, that's of course. I'm rooting for that, that. Oh, I thought you were talking about Dr. Oz putting him back on tour, winning no, the I Masters in a year.
1: I don't think he's winning the Masters in a year, but yeah. the fact that I just want him to be able to go play the sport that he loves with his kid, I think that would be great.
0: Do you think the Tiger is beloved? Doesn't feel that way. Universally loved, universally liked. I saw the sketch on. Do you
1: think um, he's disliked? The sketch on SNL about Tom Brady. You know, they, Tom Brady yeah. says, I don't know why everyone hates me. I won seven. I thought maybe with this last trophy, they'd like start liking me. Right. For whatever reason, everyone hates Tom Brady. And I, it feels like that, that way with Tiger, too. I don't know what it but is. But it would be a
0: different set of reasons. Yeah, it's different.
1: Tiger. But yeah, just for, I don't know. People just, there just feel like there's this weird disdain for him. I don't know. Maybe it's his, his massive success. I mean, early on, didn't he sort of transform the game a little bit, oh, like destroying yeah. these courses? Oh. That,
0: it was almost like unfair. Oh, and what he did culturally for the game of golf oh, yeah. is much beyond anything that he accomplished in terms of the winner's circle. Yeah, he brought a whole another world to the game of golf. That uh, it was such a different sport before he got here. I mean, he changed the whole look of it.
1: Yeah, there were twelve and people who liked the PGA Tour before yeah. him, and you were one of them. So yeah, <laughs> you've you've seen this transformation, right? It's been incredible. What I he's mean, done. just look at the
0: purses alone. It's <laughs> yeah, but he's had. He's had his personal issues. Mm-hmm. He had a very, very loud and well publicized string of affairs that led to a divorce with his with his wife yeah. that was out and out and about and all the tabloids and the golf club he also, windshield also He remember. also can be really guarded. He can be standoffish. He can be, you know the Tom Brady thing, I mean, Tom Brady's kind of kind of welcoming. At least when you hear him, he's kind of welcoming. Right. Yeah, yeah. What do
1: you think? I mean, do you think people like Tiger Woods? And if not, what's the reason?
0: I think that there are a lot of people that like Tiger Woods, but I think that there are also a lot of people that kind of root against him. Hmm. And this is what I said on 131P. What left a really bad taste in my mouth this past week was when he had the accident, there was this rush and thirst to know immediately, oh, my God, 7.15 in the morning, what happened? Was he drinking? Was he drunk? Remember, they pulled him off the side of the road. He was sleeping on the side of the road of several years ago in South Florida, and they they arrested him. He was on narco He had an addiction to the painkillers from all of these. Sur- I think he's had, as I said, I think he's probably had fifteen surgeries right. since he started. His his body has really broken down, and there there was this rush to find out. And that's what the when the sergeant came on and did the press conference. Those were the questions. You know, did they smell alcohol? That's what everybody wants to know. Yeah. And maybe I'm overreacting to that. Maybe that, that would be the line of questioning no matter who this was. Mm-hmm. But there was a certain... Uh, there was almost an inference of, okay, if he was on painkillers or if he was drunk, then we're not going to feel as bad for him. Then, right. then he brought it on himself. And he has no one to blame but himself. This, that's what I felt like. And maybe I am going way beyond overanalyzing those questions. That's what I felt. I felt that there was a huge section of people that wanted to know the answers to those questions because they wanted to point the, aha. F- huh He's still addicted to pain medication or yeah. he was drinking in the morning. I mean, he deserves it. And yeah. I, I i want to stop short of he deserves it. I don't okay. think people are like, he deserves it. I don't think people... But it was like, okay, I'm not going to feel bad for him. Yeah. You you said on the last show that you
1: almost feel, you would feel more badly for him if in Correct. fact he still had the addiction problems.
0: Well, because I've been places. I, I don't know that I've been where he's been, but I've been places and I understand and I feel like Tiger Woods has lived a really privileged life. There would be nobody who would argue that. Incredible wealth, incredible talent, has had so many opportunities in his world that none of us have. But do those things, all the fame and fortune, do they necessarily buy you an inner peace, an inner happiness, an inner tranquility, something that I think we all deserve? I mean, you only go around once, right, that I know of. You only go around once that I know of. Yeah. When I watch Tiger and I listen to him talk and I I watch him present himself, I there's a lot of times I wonder, is this a, this a happy guy? So you wonder if Is t- he having a good life? Does Tiger
1: enjoy being Tiger Woods, like I would? Or like you would? We all look at him and say, <laughs> God,
0: we'd like to oh, have what he has. Imagine. From as I said, from the talent to the riches to the yep. popularity, whatever. Does he strike you as a as a happy guy, or is he lonely, or is he troubled? Yeah, there is something and, there. And when you ask me, yeah, that's what I said in one thirty one P. I almost feel like that if we were to, and we're by the way, I don't think we're going to find out the answer to the question. So everybody wants to know. Yeah. Everybody who's so curious, first of all, there was no alcohol on the scene. There was no odor of alcohol. They've pretty much ruled out alcohol. The only way they're going to know if he's got a a pain medicine problem still is by a blood sample, which they didn't take at the scene. And from what I'm told, they did not take at the hospital because there was no reason to take it. There was no evidence or there was no... Nothing suggested he was impaired. That's right. That's exactly right. You said it better than me. So we're never going to know. But what I said to you and I stand by, yeah, if I found out that at seven fifteen in the morning he was loaded on on narcotics, uh, yeah. I would, I would feel even worse. Right. While everybody else would say, "See, he brought it on us," I would feel like, "Okay, he's so troubled. The guy is so troubled. It would make me. It would make my heart bleed for him." Yeah. I don't know if that guy's really enjoying life. It doesn't. I, it doesn't come across as he's having a, a great time on this earth. Yeah, there That's, are so, To certain, me, certain
1: people you feel that way about in the music world. I always wondered if Prince enjoyed being Prince. He was always just kind of locked up in his house. He didn't see oh, him no. jump on stage. I don't know either, but who wouldn't want to be? If I was Prince, I'd be jumping on stage with any band I could. <laughs> of course you would. I'd be showing would. off left and right. Of course you would. So I always wondered, like, is he enjoying being Prince? Does Tiger Woods enjoy being Tiger Woods like you and
0: I would? And then on top of it all, the the, the very obvious point, which is he's got a young son and a young daughter. Yeah. They've gone through a lot. Think about the attention and the, and the photographs and the paparazzi around. This. The kid is 11 years old. People's taking pictures of him wherever he goes. Yep. They almost lost their dad. And we almost lost Tiger Woods 13 months after we lost Kobe Bryant. Yeah. We almost lost Tiger Woods at, what, 45? Is he 45?
1: Yep, yep. yep. He's two years younger than me. Yep.
0: 45 years old, yep. 13 months after Kobe Bryant disappeared in a, in a helicopter crash? Yep.
1: Do you think that his fellow know. PGA Tour members like him? How, do, how Oh, do you- they love him. Uh, I'm asking because I know oh, today they love him. A lot of them were decked out in the on uh, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, on Sunday the red yeah. top
0: and the black pants. Oh, they love in him in honor of him. He is so. he is universally beloved on the golf. There's no question. Okay. And those guys love him for a lot of reasons, a lot of good, solid reasons. I'm glad they do. The biggest of which is most of them got into the game because of him. Yeah, he's old enough now where he's. The people coming up they he, were his, he was yeah. their heroes. Right. And then what he's done to revolutionize the game and the money these guys are playing for millions and millions and millions yeah. because of him. He he has been nothing but the perfect person for all of them. Right. They all owe him. And yes, I saw that on Sunday at the golf tournament nice. in Florida. They were all wearing red and black. I remember I just hope he gets up out he gets on his feet. Whether he plays golf or not, I just yeah. hope I hope he can live a a happy i mean he's 45 years old right 45 years old i just don't know how much he's loving life
1: I, i've never believed when they say money doesn't buy you happiness but maybe they're right i don't know maybe they're right i, I feel like it would if I, if 4 billion dropped in my checking account today i feel like i would be a pretty happy guy but maybe that saying's around for a reason maybe it doesn't bring you happiness
0: russell wilson is still with the seahawks Woo-hoo
1: people are putting out like him in different jerseys.
0: And oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, lots of stuff coming out in the last week. We had We had this from the athletic. I'll read it to you. Before the Thursday night game against Arizona, Wilson met with his coaches. For some time, Wilson has sought even pushed for influence within the organization regarding scheme and personnel. This is during the season. In the meeting, he outlined his own ideas for how to fix, how to fix the offense. His suggestions were dismissed, reports Mm. the Athletic. Another reminder to Wilson that the Seahawks did not see him the same way as he saw himself, as a player who had earned greater control over his situation, his future, and his legacy. And he stormed out of the room in the middle of the meeting before the Thursday night game against the Cardinals. That was the Athletic this week. And then everybody else is reporting that his people have contacted the Seahawks and they're okay with playing. They're fine with playing for the Seahawks. Mm. He's He's not requesting a trade. But they did give them four teams. (laughs) If you do want to trade them, here are the four teams. And they are the Bears, the Cowboys, the Raiders, and the Saints. Ah, the Finns missed out. I think the Finns could be added at some point. But I don't know. The Finns want Deshaun Watson. They want 25 years old. They don't want 32 years old.
1: But you said something, I don't know, a couple episodes back about how you think maybe he's just viewed a certain way in that organization, even though he's been to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, winning one of them. I think this
0: is the perfect indication. Yeah. I, I mean, if Tom Brady had gone mid-season into his coaching staff, whether it be Bruce Arians or Bill Belichick, in fact, there are there's video of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady making the rounds on social media of him coming to Bill Belichick and saying, here, here's what I think is going on, and Bill taking notes, course. listening to him. And- Who
1: wouldn't? What coach wouldn't listen to Tom Brady?
0: I well, mean- <laughs> I mean, Russell Wilson's not Tom Brady, but he is. Who wouldn't listen to Russell Wilson, too? I'm he's a guy that you paid 30... 30- why did you pay him $35 million a year? You obviously think high enough of him That's to right. make him the highest paid football player of all time at the time that you signed him, right? <laughs> this is what I was saying before. They kind of view him a certain way. They round pick, pick Yeah, third-round pick out of Wisconsin. Young, happy-go-lucky. Happy to be here. The little guy who might not make it. Maybe he will. Is he tall enough? Can he see over the offensive linemen? And maybe the Seahawks believe it as, a, as an organization. We made him. He didn't make us. Yeah. We plucked him out of Madison. We gave him the opportunity. We put the people around him. We taught him. He's what he is because of us. Maybe that's their, their view, and maybe that fundamentally is the reason why they don't listen to him.
1: On a pure selfish level, wouldn't you want all the brains and help you could get if the offense is struggling? I mean, who's, who's so proud that you can't listen to a Super Bowl-winning quarterback about what the problems might be on the offense?
0: Imagine if he ended up with the Saints. Yeah. One of the four teams. Imagine Sean Payton and Russell Wilson on an already really good football team inside with a good defense and good weapons and Alvin Kamara.
1: Look what Payton's done with an 82-year-old Drew Brees. I mean, just continues to win and get in the playoffs. The
0: Bears thing, eh. The Cowboys thing, eh. The Raiders thing, eh. But the Saints with Russell Wilson? Speaking of which, by the way, would Sean Payton listen to Russell Wilson? Yeah. Think? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Speaking of which, the the award for annoying person of the week. Okay, it's not me this time. That's good. Well, you've, you came in second. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I'm still on the list. How many people have heard the New Orleans mayor making her pitch to Russell Wilson and Sierra? Anybody see this? Not me. On Twitter? Not me. On social media? Mm-hmm. You haven't seen it. Should I play it? Of course. All right, hold on, I'm gonna play it.
3: I've heard the rumors now, and I wanna make sure that you understand that the city of New Orleans is a place for you and your beautiful family. I'm Latoya Cantrell, mayor of the city of New Orleans, and I know, Mr. Wilson, that you will be a great addition to the New Orleans Saints. And more importantly, I can see us in that number, winning that Super Bowl championship. Once again. And what else I can see? The Mrs. Sierra Wilson herself on that main stage Ugh. during the historical Essence Festival. Just wanted to stop in to let you know that we not only admire you, we we want you. Love you, man. Love Sierra. Love your beautiful family. The culture of the city of New Orleans awaits
1: you. There's a politician for you, right? Saying all the right things. <laughs> Sierra throwing his oh wife in the mix.
0: Yeah, I'm glad when I saw that for the first time on Saturday, I hadn't just eaten. <laughs> and, and And by the way, I don't want people to misinterpret. This is not like some Seahawks fan saying, you know'm uh, she's annoying because I'm a Seahawks fan. And I want Russell Wilson here. Yeah. this is not, not this is none of that. I'm sure there's a lot of that from other people that have seen it. yeah, it's just. A mayor getting involved in all this? Really? Don't yeah. you have something better to do with your time? And why, by the way, are you lobbying Russell Wilson and Sierra? They're not free agents. They're not making a decision here. I mean, yeah. why, why Why are you telling them to come to New Orleans? Well, she just saw that list of the four teams. They've and- already decided. We don't need your shtick. We don't need you. <laughs> It's the Seahawks and the Saints. She should go call the Saints. She should do this for the Saints. Right. If she wants Russell Wilson and Sierra, the Saints have to offer five first round draft choices or something, That's right? That's right. Get on it, Saints. What, what, what is what is she talking to Russell Wilson and Sierra for? She is courting him like he's a free agent, isn't she? Yeah. Totally. Ma'am, you're on the list. Now, your efforts need to be directed to your own team trying to trade for him and maybe speak to John Schneider and Pete Carroll. They can't do anything about it. Sierra and Russell Wilson are not deciding where exactly they are traded. Right. Josh Gordon is going to play football again. I do have that in my notes, yes. The FC
1: Zappers? We've talked about the fan-controlled uh, The fan-controlled
0: fan football <laughs> yeah,
1: league? The fans pick the Where place. his quarterback is Johnny Manziel? Yeah, I know. They're going to score 4,000 points in that league. I mean, in one game. Is that inside? No. It's inside, yeah. Oh, it's an indoor football league. Yeah, the one I saw was inside. It's a little short field. Like arena football. Yeah, ish, yeah. What do I you mean, mean ish? Well, not the, I don't think it's the exact same yeah. you know, dimensions. But yeah, it's smaller and less people on Josh there. Josh
0: Gordon. Makes the news. He's, he's back. Torch people
1: in that league. I mean, God, he torched people know. in the NFL.
0: Uh,
1: well, clearly they don't have any uh policies that might prohibit him from, from I, d- I don't
0: I don't know what they have or what they don't have. I'm just happy to see that he yeah. got a job. If Same. he's happy, if he if he finds himself wanting to do this and this is gonna make him uh, smile a little bit, I'm all for it. Something to stay in shape and play football I'm and I'm Totally down with all you. for. It. Same here. Totally all for it. All right, we got three. Interviews, three good ones. Joel Corey, I think you'll like. Uh, you've got um, Steve Phillips, the former general manager of the New York Mets. He'll discuss the Kevin Mather, the Kevin Mather ugliness. And we've got uh, Chris Nowinski, right, who's the founder, the co-founder of the CTE lab in Boston. He's a former offensive lineman for Harvard, and he's going to talk about how CTE has been exposed not exposed dealt with he's going to speak to the the parents of of young kids that want to play football yeah. growing up a lot to listen to from Chris Nowinski he's also a former WWE wrestler by oh, the way now i, I think he beat, love him. I, I think he owned the the career record against andre the giant i think he was like <laughs> 3 and 1 against yeah, andre i think, the think giant. he was in kindergarten when andre passed
1: away so no i don't think he, he ever saw him maybe the big show but not andre <laughs>
0: episode 132 next up on mitch unfiltered john waterstrat owner fireside home solutions john 2021 is going to be a better year for all of us You and I rarely talk about your outdoor units and your fire pits, and I'm loving what I'm seeing on your website at firesidehomesolutions.com. Talk about that arm of your business.
6: Yeah, great question. Our manufacturers that create the indoor fireplace create outdoor fireplaces. So we have everything from an outdoor fireplace that's fully made to be outside stainless steel and also fire pits. We can take that great gathering space that we have inside and create one outside. So again, on those cool, spring and summer nights that you want to continue to spend some time with your friends we can turn those fireplaces and keep everybody warm
0: what's the latest on scheduling delivery installation
6: time frames great question mitch Uh, we've been very blessed with great manufacturers they've held steady to their uh, schedule we're still able to install units between three to four weeks so not too late to buy we still have this cold January snap that we're going through in February just had a windstorm just the other day. So when those power outages come, you can throw that insert on and keep yourself warm in your home.
0: And by the way, while fireplaces pay the mortgage at John Waterstrat's place, That's not the only thing you guys do at Fireside Home Solutions and do very well.
6: Yep, uh, we not only do fireplaces, but we do do garage doors. Garage doors has been a great business, something we've got into five to six years ago. Again, it's a very complimentary business. And when we design indoor spaces, now we can take the outdoor of your house. A garage door makes up about 30 to 40% of your home. On the front view, we can change that up for you, give you a traditional look, modern look. We can install it design it and then same thing as our fireplaces we can service it for life so it's been a great business and we just were able to do my uh, golf club at Linden and put all those doors in there
0: nice what would Mitch Unfiltered be without great partners like Fireside Home Solutions and John Waterstrat start your search for a fireplace or garage doors at FiresideHomeSolutions.com Unfiltered Unfiltered
7: Really what the Seahawks should do when Russell Wilson gets back from the vacation he's supposedly on this week, they should sit down in a room, John Snyder, Russell Wilson, and Pete Carroll, and try to hash out their differences. I'm of the mindset that I'll be surprised if there's a trade this year, but what do I know? Stranger things have happened.
0: Hey, next up on this episode 132 of Unfiltered, former agent, salary cap and contracts expert, CBS sports writer, And the host of the podcast, Inside the Cap, my guy, Joel Corey. Hi, Joel. Hey, how you doing? Good to have you back. Before we get into the salary cap implications of the whole Russell Wilson saga, how about just an overall football opinion? You've sat back. You've watched this thing unfold. What do you make of what you've seen?
7: Well, the first thing is I'm surprised Russell Wilson said something of any consequence because he's a guy that has mastered the art of talking and saying nothing, which is a skill in and of itself because typically you can't get in trouble if you do what he normally does because basically he's never said anything of consequence before this offseason. Basically, whenever he talks, it's like the equivalent of someone saying water is wet. I'm like, okay, thank you very much. But um, for him to come out... And make any type of statement, which is critical, just shows you how upset he is. And when a guy like that does it, it's going to resonate more because it's so uncharacteristic of him. Many believe, Joel, that you can't
0: really do much because of that $39 million dead money issue in terms of a trade. I guess it would be $26 million a year from now. Do you agree with that?
7: Yeah, well, I do in a vacuum but i'm also someone who thought there was no way that the eagles would swallow 33.82 million is a dead money cap charge of carson wentz and they're doing it so stranger things have happened it doesn't seem like the seahawks would want to go from a 32 million dollar cap hit to 39 in dead money and then you have to find a quarterback but we've seen a couple of teams this offseason in a quarterback transaction which is yet to be formalized Jared Goff the Matthew Stafford trade both teams cap hits go up because of the salary coming in the dead money that the Rams are up 7.25 million from where they were of just Goff's contract and the Lions are 14. One five million more having golf and Stafford's dead money so yeah it doesn't seem likely especially since the seahawks don't seem to be willing to entertain trade offers and russell wilson kind of couched his preferences he wants to be a seahawk but these are four teams he'd be willing to accept a trade to which the signal to me is his agent is saying hey teams you four, go make an offer to Seattle that yeah. they can't refuse. Right. What do you think that offer is that they can't refuse
0: and taking on the $39 million dead money cap hit? What, what would it be? What do you think is out there for the Seahawks and John Schneider?
7: Well, it won't be three first-round picks. It have to be more than that to, to knock Seattle's socks off. Right. So I really don't anticipate anything happening. Um, Where it could come into play, potentially, is if they ignore what Russell Wilson seemingly wants, which is offensive line help. They don't have a first-round pick for the next two years, so you're not getting it there, which means you would have to go out in free agency. And just from an interior line standpoint, Russell Wilson, I would imagine, if you gave him a shopping list, putting cap concerns aside, He'd go, hey, Corey Lindsey, Lindsay, uh, the uh, yeah. Packer center would yeah. be great, or if we get Brandon Sheriff or um, Joe Thune is an, is a guard, that'd be great too. One of those two. So if if they make a run at someone like that, that should play. Klay Russell Wilson. If they're not shopping for offensive linemen in free agency, then you're gonna have more of an issue, and we'll see. Post June 1, if there's a. To me, if you're going to make a trade, it's not ideal from a football standpoint for either side, wherever Russell would go. And for the Seahawks, cap wise, post June 1 makes sense because you would then pick up $19 million of cap space because you wouldn't be responsible for his $19 million salary. You'd have a $26 million cap hit next year. Yeah. So I just kind of keep your eyes tuned to how they attack his concerns, if at all.
0: What about asking him to restructure or anybody else on this team? They're not in great shape with the cap, Joel, to be able to go get those offensive linemen.
7: Yeah, well, they're not a huge restructure, kick the can down the road type team. They did it with Dwayne Brown when they acquired him. That They've had two major restructures. Uh, Doug Baldwin did it and Russell Wilson, but... For the most part, they don't put in contracts automatic conversion rights that um, most teams do. They do have in Russell Wilson's contract, but you'd have to actually go and negotiate the restructure with somebody since you don't have the automatic conversion rights where the player doesn't have a choice but to accept the restructure. There could be guys that they might want to consider extending um Tyler Lockett's in a contract year but at the same time DK Metcalf next year will be eligible for a new deal so do you really want to make a commitment to him knowing you're gonna have to pay a significant amount of money for DK Metcalf if you do it early the elephant in the room is Jamal Adams he's got a 9.86 million dollar fifth year uh, option um if you think there's some gas left in the tank for an older Dwayne Brown then He's in the final year of his deal. Andrew Whitworth in, um, for the Rams seems to be playing forever. And then to the, me, the big elephant in the room is Carlos Dunlap. He's got yeah. a cap hit of $14,068,750. Um, he's got a, a $3,000,000 dollars day of the league year roster bonus. The The best thing to do would be to try to work out a new deal with him where you can lower that cap hit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the question is, he's probably not going to think that he deserve, he, needs, he should take a pay cut. He's going to be 32, actually is basically 32 now. Um, and If you look at where the older market is, it would be Jason Pierre-Paul, and I don't think he's quite as good as Jason Pierre-Paul, who's 25 million over two years, Vincenzo's Max is out of 27, or an older Calais Campbell in the trade last year from the Jags to the Ravens was under contract two years for the same thing as um, Jason Pierre-Paul. But if you do it, you get more flexibility just because you can prorate a signing bonus and yeah. lower that cap hit. I-, I don't know. How can you pay him the $14 million? How can you
0: just go on with, with what he's got on his contract? You can't do that with him. Yeah, 14.
7: that's why yeah. he's going to have yeah. to be a
0: little more yeah. flexible. Yeah. To come uh, back with Seahawks. Well, we don't know what his market value is in the salary in the uncertainty of the salary cap. This one year of I don't know if it'll be more than one year of a lower cap than, than people would have expected had there been no issues in the world.
7: Well, the thing is with the cap going down, I suspect the marquee players get paid. I wouldn't call Carlos Dunlap, a marquee player, and everyone else is probably going to get squeezed because you're going to have more players released than you have in a normal year. So, from a simple economic equation, supply is going to exceed demand. And if supply exceeds demand, then that's a buyer's market. If it's a buyer's market, then the players who don't get paid in the first wave of free agency. Are probably going to be in for a rude rude awakening you have to make a choice if you're a younger guy it becomes well i'll take a one year the best one year deal in the best place where i can maximize my opportunity and then revisit it in 2022 as an older guy like carlos dunlap you may not have that luxury so (laughs) the grass may not be greener for him so it may be worth it to play ball right. and try to right. figure something out with Seattle. <laughs> Joel, um,
0: Russell Wilson before we get off of that topic, he's got 3 years left in his deal. When will he start presumably asking for a new one? Is it next off season? Is it the following off season? And, and what is it too early to guess what he's going to what he's going to want on the next contract in his mid to late 30s?
7: Well, he said he's on this whole tom brady aaron Rodgers track i'm gonna play until you kick me out of the league thing so if he's true to that form he's got many years left seattle hasn't done deals with two years remaining since i think the last marshawn lynch deal right um they've done it with people in their contract year so if he's still a seattle seahawk (laughs) It would probably be 2023 they've made him on the first extension when he was just a game manager the second highest paid player in the league this last contract made him the highest paid player in the league when signed so i would imagine he'll have to be the highest paid player in the league and if i'm him patrick Mahomes right now is the standard at 45 million on that extremely long 10-year extension which is actually being under contract a total of 12 years you're going to be north of that i would be trying to become the first 50 million dollar per year player in the nfl because i don't think anyone's going to get there before then if i'm russell wilson i'm still playing like i've been playing throughout my whole career
0: which means as you get closer to that request for 50 million a year what you can get for him goes down from other teams because he gets closer and closer to the end of this contract and to asking for that kind of money so the best deal that he might get john schneider would be this offseason if he's willing to swallow the 39 million dollar cap hit.
7: yeah well kind of, i think it makes more sense next year if you're going to trade him because you're looking at actually gaining cap rooms so 37 million dollar cap hit versus 26 million of dead money there's smoke there because you don't have a guy who speaking out uncharacteristically express displeasure if there isn't I wouldn't call it a three or five alarm fire right or another way to put it is they're in marriage counseling right now and if the counseling doesn't produce a better relationship then you head towards a divorce and I think it's premature to think that they're in the divorce stage right now yeah but, unless you, but some yeah unless someone gives them an offer you can't, can't refuse. refuse right but the point is
0: is that you're more likely to get a gigantic offer when he's got three years left on this deal than when he's got two years left on this deal and he's a year away from asking for a new one yeah he's more
7: cost controlled and cost contained because it's 70 yeah. million over three but at the same time if you have him for two years you're probably gonna this is gonna be a desperate enough quarterback team next year. Maybe not. Maybe his maybe his list expands. Like the Bears, to me, make the team which should be moving heaven and earth to try to get him now, just because Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, the head coach, the general manager Ryan Pace, were on the hot seat this year. They're even more on the hot seat. They're not going to care about the long-term prospects of the Bears because they're in self-preservation mode, at least to me. So short-term is all they care about because if things don't go well they're out on the street next year so why would ryan pace really care about how much he has to give up when yeah he his job could be in jeopardy if things don't go well so they could throw whatever it is and see what sticks for seattle even though i don't really understand why the Bears are on his list. If you're complaining about an offensive line in Seattle, that's worse because <laughs> their line's in disarray. They don't like the tackles, and the interior of the line outside of Cody Whitehair is kind of suspect. So I'm not really sure why Chicago's on the list, but, hey, it's one of his four teams. And Saints, good luck with that. How are they going to create enough cap room to, have, uh, to absorb a $19 million base salary for Russell Wilson? when they'll be lucky to be compliant with the cap hey joel let me get a couple of thoughts on some other guys you
0: you mentioned jamal adams he wants a big contract this kind of reminds me of the jimmy graham thing from a few years ago when he wanted to be franchised as a wide receiver instead of a tight end jamal adams i don't think is going to be okay with just the greatest safety contract of all time because his agent is going to say no our guy is much more than a safety. He led uh, the Seahawks in sacks last year. He's a sack guy. He plays in the box. He's a, he's a linebacker. He wants much more than just best safety money. How does that turn out?
7: Yeah, well, from comments that he's made, you, you I can't see him just wanting to be defined by his position. In the NFL, you're paid by your position except one circumstance. Pass rushers get paid a premium regardless of whether they're an interior guy, a 4-3 end, or a 3-4 outside linebacker. So he's going to say, "I'm a football player, not a safety. Um, I've transcended the position. No one's done what I've done, meaning get to the quarterback from and being an in, in the box guy." Well, I think the Seahawks are going to have an issue with that. Uh, one, he's not a complete football player because he's got some deficiencies in coverage. So that that might come up. And if he wants to be the highest paid defensive player on the Seahawks, which is currently Bobby Wagner, I don't know if he does, but if that's what he's thinking, $18 million per year, I don't see them getting to that point. We don't have a $15 million per year safety yet. I'm sure they would be willing to make him the highest paid safety but how much more above the market right now which is buddha at 14.75 million per year i don't know but if he's trying to transcend the safety pay scale he's not getting cornerback money right so this is going to be a tough deal to do what do you do if you're the seahawks if he won't take
0: the the 15 or the 16 a year average annual salary do you move him Well, you're not going to
7: recoup what you got for him, because I thought they paid too high of a price for a safety, two first-round picks for a safety. I'm like, wow. So I'd have to consider it. I don't know if he'd be willing to play on the fifth-year option. (laughs) But now the alternatives to him not playing on it are a lot worse under the new CBA. Plus, this is a team where if you try to strong-arm him doing something, how, how'd that turn out for Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas when they held out? Not well. And I think that's part of the reason Bobby Wagner didn't hold out, and he was going to uh, the off-season workout stuff, not participating, because he was smart enough to recognize that's not the approach to take with this team. So this is this is going to be one of the more acrimonious situations, I, I think. Mm. Shaq Griffin, should they franchise him? Absolutely not. I'm, the franchise tag is going to be like fourteen eight. He was a little too inconsistent to me for that. I think he's going to have unrealistic demands. If he thinks he's in that top-tier salary for cornerbacks, I would tell him, you know what, if someone can pay you that, we've enjoyed having you here, and we wish you the best. By top-tier, I mean like minimum Tredavious White money, which is $17.25 million. What would be more realistic for him, and I wouldn't go there, would be James Bradbury money, which is like $14.5 million per year. Personally, if I'm Seattle, I'd peg him in the Logan Ryan range, uh, which is like 10 a year. But I don't think that's He'll something he's, yeah. he's going to be looking at. Yeah,
0: He's going to get more than that on the market. How about Chris Carson? In this day and age where running backs don't get paid very often and— a lowering of the salary cap. How tough of a situation is this going to be for Carson's offseason?
7: Well, his biggest issue is he can't stay healthy for a full season. When he when he plays, he's, he's very productive. We've seen teams last year extend their own guys. That You had multiple guys, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry. Dalvin uh, Cook. Joe, yeah, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. Minimum $12 million per year for those guys. I'm not paying Chris Carson that type of money. <laughs> At, at most, I would pay him Melvin Gordon money, which is $16 million over two years. But if I can clean enough cap space, I might think about putting a transition tag on him because that's going to be between 7-1 and 7-3, depending upon where the cap comes in, banking on the fact that no one's going to break the bank for him, and I could match an offer sheet. And if I didn't like where I thought it was heading, I could just pull the... Uh, Transition tag like the um, Dolphins that they Vernon a few years ago and get the compensatory pick, or you, or you stick the franchise tag on them for in between like uh, eight five and eight seven, and that number gone going down. It was going to go down if the cap stayed flat. It was ten point two seven eight million for Derrick Henry. It's been going down since Le'Veon Bell's twelve point one two million one. Even though the cap had been going up, so that might be a consideration, but. He may be in, in for a rude awakening in free agency. If, if a running back gets paid on the open market, it'll be Aaron Jones, not Chris Carson. You don't see the
0: transition
7: tag being used much anymore, Joel. It's never really used much. Uh, it was used once last year of Kenyon Drake, a running back. But you you typically don't see it used. The, the Bills Bills used it a couple of times on guys that they and, and lost the guy, they lost Charles Clay because the Dolphins front loaded an offer sheet they couldn't match. But for the most part, people stick, stick the franchise tag. And since the numbers are going down, although people don't have as much cap room, that may make the franchise tag somewhat more attractive than it is in most years. So the
0: transition tag on Carson would be one way for them to go. I had not thought of that. That's interesting for the Seahawks to transition him. And, and explain to our audience again what the transition tag means
7: specifically. Yeah, well, it's the, basically the average of the top ten salaries. Um and you have matching rights for the franchise tag, the non-exclusive version. It's essentially average of top five salaries. I'm simplifying it in the definition mm-hmm. um, a bit to not get into to the weeds. But if you put a franchise tag on someone and it's non-exclusive, An unmatched offer sheet nets you two first round picks as compensation. So if you stick a franchise tag on Chris Carson, no one would ever put an offer sheet on him because no one would give up two first round picks for him. The last guy to move for full compensation as a franchise player was Joey Galloway. Yeah. Um, So the transition tag would allow potentially the market to set what his deal is and then you'd have a yay or nay on the uh, offer sheet if someone signed him to one. Alex Mack uh, was a guy that several years ago that um, Cleveland stuck the transition tag on him and he signed an offer sheet with Jacksonville and they matched it. Let's finish, Joel, with offensive linemen. You named a couple.
0: Anybody else you want to throw out there if the Seahawks listen to Russell Wilson and they acknowledge that they need a new center, they need a new guard, and they go out shopping with whatever money they've got, what are the names that we should be putting in the back of our minds as Seahawks fans?
7: Well, from Russell Wilson's standpoint, he wants to go Shopping on Rodeo Drive. He, <laughs> he wants to go shopping on the high-end district. So it would be those guys. And with Corey Lindsley, he's probably thinking, well, Ryan Kelly's at uh, the highest paid safety at twelve million four hundred. Uh, 12500 per year, high yeah. paid center, I yeah. should say, yeah. uh, on a four-year extension, that he wants that type of money. And if you're talking Brandon Sheriff or uh, Joe Thoney, Sheriff in particular, he's going to be the first $15 million per year guard. Thune um, will probably ask for that type of money. Whether he gets it or not, it's a different story, but that's the district. Yeah, the high rent district that Russell Wilson would want. He probably doesn't want. Oh, this is just a uh, (laughs) value free agent. He's like, no. I got value guys on the line. Give me a stud. Any market for KJ? Yeah, I think there will be where. That's where familiarity brings comfort. He's got Robert Sala, New York. The Jets have a ton of cap room. um, That knows him. Same defense the Cowboys defense is atrocious they've got two young linebackers in Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander as Sean Lee's always hurt so it might be his spot Dan Quinn's there Raiders need help defensively Gus Bradley's there KJ Wright said that he's playing too well not to get full value the problem is he's 32 in July so given he has options that may put more pressure on Seattle and force him out the door but I could see him being in another uniform next year. If it, it may come down to do I want to take slightly less to be in Seattle um, or go to one of these three uh, to... Uh, maximize my my compensation the jets would scare me the most because they have a ton of cap room joel Corey, as i said you can read him on cbssports.com
0: you can hear him on his podcast which is really good inside the cap and uh he's terrific former agent and salary cap contracts expert joel cory he's always been kind to us on mitch unfield joel thank you thanks for being with us we'll catch up soon sounds good thanks for having me Hey, hey, another chance to visit with my man Jordan Flowers of the Kirkland office at Guild Mortgage. How are we doing, Jordan?
5: We're doing great, Mitch. Thank you. And thanks for having me back on. It's
0: great to have a great partner on. Interest rates spike a little bit from where we were for the longest time, especially during the pandemic. Did all of us who hesitated to buy or refinance, did we blow it, Jordan?
5: You definitely haven't blown it. Anybody out there, the rates are still at historic lows. There has been a little tick up, but there's still phenomenal time to look at refinancing or purchasing that new home.
0: Where exactly does that leave all of us that are selling or buying a house? Tis the season.
5: Tis the season. It's the spring season. It's historically that time of year, everybody's getting their homes ready to sell or buyers out there already looking on the market. It kind of hit a little earlier this year. Extremely competitive environment. Homes are appreciating and selling for 10, 20, even some 30% over list. And so it leaves a lot of sellers right now wondering, well, if we sell, where do we go? Uh, We do have solutions and programs to help people buy a new home non-contingent and still use the equity of their departing residents. We're helping people win there, sellers win there, so they can buy that new home before they uh, list and sell their house. And we're helping first-time homebuyers in this incredibly challenging environment and then winning offers still five, 10% over.
0: So there's lots of areas where Jordan and his team at the Kirkland office of Guild Mortgage can help you, not just strictly mortgages. Where would they call? Where would they phone? Would they go to you directly or somewhere else?
5: They can reach me on my office line, 425 250 3145 or on my cell phone at 425-890-2957. The
0: Kirkland office of Gill Mortgage. Great partners. Jordan Flowers and his team of Mitch Unfiltered.
4: Unfiltered.
8: A speech by the MCEO was made public and created a PR nightmare. Mather is in full-blown crisis mode, apologizing to the M's, the players, and the fans for his lapse in judgment. In a statement, he writes, my comments were my own. They do not reflect the views and strategy of the Mariners baseball leadership who are responsible for decisions about the development and status of the players at all levels of the organization.
0: It has been a crazy seven or 10 days here in Mariners land As they, like everybody else, ready for 2021, we were all thrown for a loop watching now former president and CEO Kevin Mathers' presentation to the Bellevue Rotary Club. Let's get the thoughts of one of the preeminent baseball voices I've always said, Sirius XM Stadium Sports, former Mets GM, my friend Steve Phillips. Steve, how are you? I'm Mitch. I'm doing
2: great. Good to be with
0: you, buddy. It's great to have you back. I don't know whether you saw the actual video or whether it was taken down by then or just read the transcript. What went through the mind of the former Mets GM when you saw what Kevin Mather had to say?
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I got angry because I look at it from the general manager's perspective, and now I have a fire I need to put out. And it's going to be with my players, and it's it's making statements that don't represent the baseball department, our beliefs, our process, uh, and and puts us in a pickle. Certainly, with some of our top prospects in the organization, when there's already a hypersensitivity to to uh, service time manipulation. When is a prospect ready? Trying to compete, you know, long-term contracts, the controllability of players, the next CBA, and all it did was created a headache for me, for somebody that didn't necessarily have direct access to the baseball department. And so, uh, yeah, I was I was frustrated and disappointed for Jerry DiPoto and his staff, and obviously felt badly for the players. Look, service time manipulation is one thing, but when it comes to players where English is their second language, I have such a level of respect for the effort that they put in to learning the language and trying to communicate and live in a culture that's not their own. And, and I've always tried to put myself, what if I were a young kid and trying to make a career in baseball, and I'm from Detroit, Michigan, and I sign and go and live in Santa Domingo, Dominican Republic, and I'm thrown into the culture and a language that I don't understand, how, how, str- how much of a struggle would it be for me? It would be really difficult. Right. And so I don't, I think we lose perspective, or certainly some can lose perspective on that. And so I had a real uh, sensitive place in my heart for Julio Rodriguez and all the young, you know, prospects that are coming in trying to make a career out of this.
0: Steve, when you read it for the first time, did you think immediately, "Oh boy, they've got to go in a different direction. They've got to get rid of this guy," or did you just think, "Oh, he spoke out of turn. He left the GM a mess. He left others a mess." and just ill-advised. How'd you feel? Yeah,
2: I, I, I thought they were going to have to make a change. I, I, don't, I think that in where we are today and the progress that we've made in understanding what's right what's wrong in and, and socially, culturally, uh, I think that was the biggest issue. Look, some of the stuff he said is true, uh, that, you know, with, with keeping players in the minor leagues and service time, now he attached it to, look, I mean, Jared Kellanick's going to be a great player, but there's no argument in front of an arbitrator in which he can defend his position that he's absolutely major league ready when he's played 21 games at the AA level and hasn't played an inning above that. Like, it's easy for the team to defend to say he needs more time. But when somebody in leadership comes out and specifically says something about it, it puts the team in a horrible spot. And so I thought from a baseball perspective, then from an ethical perspective, it was going to be really hard to be able to keep them in place.
0: Answer the unanswerable. You know, I like to ask the unanswerable question, Steve. What do you think he was thinking?
2: Yeah, so you know what I think he was thinking? And, and, and I've, I've been at functions where you sort of settle in, you get up and speak, uh, then you answer questions and, and you realize, boy, it's a really responsive audience. You get a little caught up in, you gotta laugh for this, yep. you gotta laugh for that, where else can I go to get a laugh? where else can I get a reaction where people are like, oh yeah. And, and I think I, that's my experience is that you can get caught up in those, those appearances, mm-hmm. uh, if you're prone to it and that he just got loose. Now, the, now I got to tell you, the thing that bothered me the most was in Kevin Mather's apology letter, he said, these thoughts were my own. They did not represent that of the baseball department and those in our player development department. He didn't say, I don't think the way that I came across thinking. I don't think in, it, in what seems to be a discriminatory way. And I don't think in a mocking way. He actually said, well, they're just my thoughts. Well those alone are inappropriate in addition to it you said them out loud but the fact that you actually believe it makes me realize shouldn't be in a position overseeing a business in this industry where you've got kids who are you know over 50 percent of of minor league players now are foreign-born players and so i think that that you know that to me was as much the problem as the things that he said yeah
0: Steve, you talk about the position that he's in, and here's something that I don't think is getting discussed in all of this that I'd love to hear your, your impression of because you were, you were a GM at a, in a highly visible situation in New York in the 80s. The thoughts about that position. President of a ball club, Steve. The guy who runs the business side. In a way, it's not a limelight job. There are two biggies or three biggies, right? You've got the the owner. You've got the GM who's in charge of all the personnel decisions, which is a limelight job. You got the manager and kind of stuck in between. You've got the president of a ball club who has to do the mundane stuff, which is the business side of the organization. If you get the wrong personality in there who wants to feel like he's thought of as somebody who's got his hands right on the the strings of all the decisions and contracts that are being made, you might have a ticking time bomb on your hands. And maybe Kevin Mather was just a guy who wanted to believe, who wanted people to think of him as a guy who was very much hands-on when it came to players and players contracts
2: right oh i think that i think that there's no question about that i will tell you that that what i have found is for the business people in the game Being around the baseball side is intoxicating. They love to talk about the baseball side. They want to know about the baseball side. And and that sort of information and knowledge gives them a sense of, and and look, it's not just Kevin Mather. It's, It's for others too. And I've experienced that personally, directly, firsthand. I've seen it in other organizations where Look, everybody wants to be the general manager. I mean, everybody does. They really do. Like, fans want to be the general manager. <laughs> Kids trading baseball cards. The, now, managers. the managers. The managers want to oh, be the general manager. <laughs> well, listen, Russell Wilson wants to be the general manager. Uh, you name it. And so everybody wants to be that guy that makes the decisions uh, or is believed to. And and it's and it's intoxicating. And I've seen it over. Or Even owners sometimes, you know, they love to hear the baseball and then a little bit knowledge goes a long way uh, and it can be dangerous because uh, and, and i will tell you that when i took over with the mets and it w- there were good people on the business side they just really wanted to be involved on the baseball side and they didn't have the understanding of it and i put up really big walls and in some ways offended people but it was because of that issue that i felt like i needed to do it and there were times when a story would get leaked And then it didn't happen. And I'd go to the business side and they'd go, oh yeah, I thought it was gonna get done. I just wanted to tell our partners. Well, I said, but it didn't happen. And I said, so you gave a rumor to somebody. And so it's a really dangerous thing. I've had firsthand experience with it. That's why you really need a level of respect in your front office and strict boundaries about where people can go and where they can't.
0: All right, you you spoke at the beginning Steve, about the mess that he's left the general manager because you look at this from a general manager's perspective. Well, let's talk about that. Is it a huge cleanup? Does he have to go player to players? Jerry DiPoto got a real problem on his hands, or is it just one of those things that seems huge right now, but in time it will pass like most other things.
2: Yeah, I think that, you know, Jerry's done the cleanup so far, right? Spoke to the entire organization. And so he had to do that. You have to acknowledge it. You got to talk about the big pink elephant in the room. I think the bigger issue is, do they feel pressured now? to add Jared Kelenic to the opening day roster. Now, I think he's got a little more flexibility with Julio Rodriguez, because he was injured in the alternate camp, he's a little bit younger, hasn't advanced as far, and so I think that's more defensible. But I think the bigger problem that they're facing right now is, you know, when Jerry DePoto spoke to the group, they actually asked the media, asked Jared Kelenic his, his thoughts on it, and he said, yeah, it came across like a fart in church. And, and it's funny, like it's a, it's a funny, glib line, But the fact that a guy that hasn't played more than 21 games at the double-A level has that much to say about what the general manager talked to the group, I just worry that we're creating this guy who's who likes to hear himself talk, even though he's gonna be a star and you want him to have personality, I don't want him to be able to take on this us against them mentality with the organization and criticizing, in some ways, criticizing the general manager for it. So I, I think they've got to really manage that relationship right now because it's one they hope will have a, a long-term effect on the field for this team.
0: Steve, the, the comment about about Seager being overpaid at the end here of his contract, which is obviously the case, but that's the business of baseball, right? When you sign yeah. these guys in their prime, you end up putting a year or two on there that maybe you're going to overpay them. That's just the way it works. Do we worry about veterans on the, the Mariners? Do we worry about players around the league that may not want to come here? Or is that just... It'll just go away.
2: No, I don't think it goes away. I think that I do. I think that it's, I think it's important. Now, Seeger will handle it well because he's a really good guy. Uh, and he'll he'll understand it. He's a little bit older, he's been around a bit. He understands who said it, and that it may not reflect the rest of the organization or his experience with the rest of the organization. Young kids who haven't experienced it yet, that's a different story. Players who haven't played there before, that's a different story. I've always believed the way you take care of your veterans and the way you take care of your stars helps you get other stars. It does. They, they, players talk to each other about how they're being treated. Uh, and I think now I think it's a legitimate question for foreign-born players to ask the question the answer may be that no no there my experience has been just fine but it's a legitimate question and it's a legitimate question for the veterans as to how are you being treated because it's not really showing the appropriate respect that look if you make a deal even if you don't like the way the deal turned out on the other side you do have to respect the player that you brought in and the effort that he puts in to represent your team
0: does the owner John Stanton have to go now outside of the organization to bring in a new president as kind of a statement to everybody? We're getting fresh new blood in here. Even if they have a great candidate in-house, they've got to make a statement to the rest of Major League Baseball.
2: Boy, I think it's a tough call. Um, You know, I think that 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 You know, when it comes to this sort of thing, and and again, it's more the business role than the baseball role. Uh, And and look, in some organizations, you know, the president of the team is a guy who's been a general manager. It's Andy McPhail in Philadelphia. It's Dave Dombrowski in Philadelphia. Uh, You know, and and so they could bring in a baseball slash business guy, a Sandy Alderson type guy, uh, to do that. There's a guy named Frank Cooley, who was in Pittsburgh for a long time, who had worked in the commissioner's office, very talented but more of a business guy, and could certainly handle a role like that. But, you know, I think they probably should go outside the organization. It has to be that, that because this sort of problem feels like it it probably wasn't the first time that if these were his opinions, he probably shared them to others within the organization. And when it's the boss who's speaking that way, you know, and you feel uncomfortable, where do you go other than the owner? And if you lose with the owner, then you may lose your job. And so it's a scary place to be. So I think maybe going outside makes sense Mm -hmm. for them. I think it's an easier sell and I think it's a better image. And, you know, it's unfortunate for somebody within who may have the qualifications because circumstances play into it and look it, it happens sometimes that way and it may have to be the way it goes there in Seattle
0: Steve you'll come back in a couple of weeks when we get closer to Major League Baseball's opening day but let me just ask you just an overall statement or comment or question about the Mariners they seem headed in the right direction with all this young talent and they seem like there might be a year year and a half away Fair? Yeah, I think fair.
2: Very fair. I, look, I like Ty France a lot. Keep an eye on him. I think he's a really good offensive player they picked up. They've got the young kids coming, some young arms, Logan Gilbert and others at the top there. So, yeah, they're, they're exciting. They're, you know, they're, they're where the Blue Jays were a couple of years ago, and now they're starting to blossom in, in the White Sox a few years ago and where they've gone now. And so uh, that rebuilding process can work, and it does look like it's, it's going to work in the great Northwest.
0: The great Steve Phillips, you can catch him on SiriusXM, also on Stadium Sports. He's been kind to us for so many years, both on the radio show and here on the podcast. Steve, great to visit with you. Thank you for doing it. Let's talk right around opening day, okay?
2: You got it, Mitch. You're the best. Talk to you soon.
0: Okay. Round two time. Make Mitch look silly with investment trivia. Here's Katie Versio, a senior financial planner of Evergreen Golf Call. Hi, Katie. I think I was one and a half out of three last time. Something like that. 50%. (laughs)
3: Yes. Hi, Mitch. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to see how you do this time. Okay. Question one, go. So we've all seen GameStop in the news. Which of the following is correct regarding short selling? Unlimited upside. Two, there's unlimited downside. It generates an income stream or it hedges your position.
0: Well, because Jeff Dix of Evergreen Golf Call was on a recent show, I know the answer to this. It can go up, up, and away. It could go up as high as it wants to go. So there's unlimited downside because when Mm -hmm. you short a stock, you're rooting for it to go down and it could go up forever.
3: That's right. Yes. So you're correct. It's number two. There's unlimited downside. So that's why it can be so dangerous because it's unlike if you were to just buy a stock what we'd call long where you know the price can't go below zero
0: all right i'm one for one
3: okay so with tax season coming up individuals need to remember to make their ira contributions for 2020 before april 15th so for individuals that are under the age of 50 what's the maximum that you can contribute is it ten thousand dollars six thousand dollars $19,000 or $1,000? Yeah, I
0: know the answer to this. For many, many years, even though I'm now over the age of 50, my accountant every year in April would tell me to make this contribution to my IRA, and I would grumble, but I did it. And it was $6,000 every year.
3: Correct. Uh, Yeah, you're two for two here. It's important to remember to make those ongoing contributions. I know it can be a little bit of a pain, but you get a little bit of a break because you've got until april 15th of the next year to make them and if you're over the age of 50 you actually get another thousand dollars so you can contribute up to seven thousand dollars two
0: for two i'm going for the clean sweep katie
3: okay so 2020 was obviously a very turbulent year uh what was economic growth for the year as measured by gdp was it zero or flat on the year was it negative three and a half percent was it negative 6.2% or was it up 1%? Gross
0: domestic product, right? That's right. I'm gonna go down 6%, it was a bad year.
3: Oof, so actually, uh, you got that one incorrect. The correct answer is actually two, negative 3.5%. You know, we saw some of the sharpest decline in GDP back in the spring, in March and April, but the second half of the year actually rebounded quite a bit. So that's why it's not down as much as it could have been.
0: Well, two for three. In my second go-around, I'm still going up. I'm going three for three the next time. She's Katie (laughs) Versio, and she's a senior financial planner with Evergreen Golf Call, a premier wealth manager in the Northwest.
4: Unfiltered.
8: All the additional injury on top of the undiagnosed concussion had damaged my brain so much that I ended up with five years of post-concussion syndrome, I had headaches, uh, the sleepwalking lasted for three and a half years, so I had to be sedated every night. I mean, it was, uh, I my mean, mid-twenties were rough, and I've, I've gotten better now, but I'm still, I mean, I'm still permanently damaged, I, mean, I can I can tell. Uh, and the concern now is, will I develop uh, this disease or do I have this disease, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, a degenerative brain disease we're finding in the brains of former athletes that we used to call punch drum, which means that right now my brain's rotting away.
0: You know, most of us are huge football fans, and I'm afraid to say it's a story that's not going away, likely in my lifetime anyway. The severe and in many cases deadly consequences of a football career, chronic traumatic encephalopathy cte chris nowinski played college ball at harvard he was a wwe performer and since about 2006 has dedicated his life to brain injuries authoring a book called head games and co-founding the concussion legacy foundation in boston which is where many of these donated brains go for research. Hi, Chris. Thank you for spending some time with us.
8: No, thanks for having me,
0: Mitch. Start with where we are in 2021. What's it? 15, 16 years since Steelers center Mike Webster's brain was examined. Right,
8: right. We uh, we've learned a lot. We actually just crossed over a thousand brains donated to our brain bank. I would say, in my perspective, what's worse than we thought it was um, we are really struggling to find healthy brains and people who have played a lot of football um, we're getting closer to diagnosing it in living people though we're not there yet we can't even talk about real treatment yet but players are stepping forward left and right in football and now sports all over the world rugby soccer ice hockey yeah uh, and and they have it and we need to do something about it
0: what's changed Does anything change? is it safer if so how much 15 years later
8: You know, the biggest changes we've had are on concussions and concussions and CT are not linked like we. First, thought they were. You know, CTE is is more associated with the repetitive brain trauma. Just a random person getting a couple concussions here or there is not going to get CT in nearly every case. And so we we can say, like, we're no longer putting people who are knocked out right back into the game. We're less laughing about the consequences. Um, And so you're going to be treated ethically on concussions, but we're not doing nearly enough for CTE. Uh, and and so we're just going to keep seeing the CT problem potentially get worse for the next couple decades as uh, you know people have gotten bigger, stronger, and faster.
0: But but Chris, I would think that just because we are now on the lookout, which we weren't twenty years ago. We should have better ways of treating these former players to at least relax the suffering after football and after sports.
8: I would hope so. I would hope so. But but the reality is uh, today we don't have a pill we can give you that will slow or stop the disease. And we can't even tell you if you, we, you have it. Uh, so, uh, you know, as much as we all want to bank on the idea that we will have a pill someday and that's what we're fighting for, uh, You know, what we should be really doing right now is focused much more on prevention this doesn't have to be this way if you don't get hit in the head thousands of times you won't get this Uh, and we're not we're just not doing enough we still have five-year-olds playing tackle football
0: so prevention tell me what your definition of prevention is not play or play safer or learn to tackle better or have better equipment what is what is chris's definition of prevention
8: yeah, my definition of prevention is it really has to be age. We have to think about this as age. Like, we don't need to tell NFL players to can't play anymore because it's too dangerous. You can do a dangerous job if you want to. But if getting hit in the head hundreds of times a year eventually will cause CT and it appears just about everybody if you play enough decades, we really shouldn't be doing it with kids. So what we are advocating for is let's stop in all sports hitting kids in the head on purpose or <laughs> preventable head hits before they're in high school. So that means no heading in soccer, no checking in hockey, no tackling in football and rugby. Like that it feels to me like the only, the first and most important and most sensible thing that we can do because all those skills can be picked up later when the brain's more developed and the person is more mature. Uh, physically so that they can actually control their body Uh, and then after that it's hitting the head getting hit the head many many fewer times Mm -hmm. so when you're talking 18 plus it means we aren't hitting in practice anymore we're learning how to teach the game without head impacts Um, and and then at the high school level we have to have a good discussion about whether or not it's fair to give high school athletes this disease and and we definitely see it in football players
0: Chris maybe you can take a step back and in layman's terms i know you're a harvard guy so that might be impossible for a guy like you but explain to our audience of rabid football fans what exactly is happening to the brains of these men
8: in those who get cte at some point in their career they take a sequence of hits that sparks this disease chronic traumatic encephalopathy and it always seems to start in areas of the brain that have the most strain when a brain twists. So essentially your brain does not want to twist. And when it twists, it stretches and when uh, neurons and axons stretch, they become damaged. And in some cases that damage turns into a pathological entity that spreads. And so you retire with these tiny lesions around blood vessels where, and at the, depths of the valleys of the brain where again that strain is and then it even after you retire it starts spreading throughout the brain for the appears the rest of your life in almost every case and uh, as it sort of takes away brain tissue symptoms start to appear and eventually when it gets to the worst stage you almost always have dementia and you can't take care of yourself Mm.
0: a lot of research has gone into the helmets equipment as we talked about chris there have been rules changes A lot of rules changes that the general public doesn't like to diminish brain trauma. Any way of knowing whether these are working without having to wait and sit for our generation of players to get out and see if they have problems?
8: Well, yeah, I mean, we've only started making real changes in the last decade and not a lot of people who have played in that era have died. Although, again, we do see young people who've played in the last five years still getting you know still with ct in the brain bank so we can't rely on technology to fix this helmets have gotten slightly better but if you talk to the experts they'll say they're 95 percent as good as they're ever going to be because there's only so much you can do with an inch of space between your skull and your helmet with regards to rules changes. We you know, I think we've we've taken out a lot of the big ridiculous hits out, but that's more concussion focused than CT focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, you're still taking hundreds and hundreds of hits. And let's remember, these changes have been mostly made at the NFL level. And at the NFL level, here's a data point. Only one in five concussions happens in practice. But at the college level, a study just came out a few weeks ago that we wrote an editorial to highlight still 72% of concussions are happening in practice, meaning college football players getting snot beat out of them. In practice and yeah. NFL players are not, so it, it doesn't matter what NFL changes are made because you got to go through college to get there, you got to go through high school to get there, right? And they haven't made the same reforms. So, I, sh- I don't expect any significant changes to the CT rate going forward, except for maybe again, bigger, stronger, faster, making it worse because we can hit harder than we ever have before.
0: Going back to your high school thoughts, I read a recent article out of Springfield, Missouri. I know you're aware of this about a 39 year old attorney who was found dead in a lake, he had only played through high school football, and his, his brain was sent to you guys, and you guys found what?
8: We found he had stage one CTE. He only played from age eight to age 18. He was known as the hardest hitter, and uh, things went downhill for him in his 30s after a very successful life. Wow.
0: Yeah. <sighs> Boy, it's such a conflict because we all love the game. So I mean, you love the game, right? You played it. Do you still love it as much as you did when you played it at Harvard or no?
8: Uh, Well, it it is. I love aspects of it. I mean, I think we all appreciate as ex-players the bonds that are forged from playing such a difficult and painful sport. So, you know, you make lifelong friends partly because of the trauma you go through. Uh, I I've been really disappointed over the last 15 years and how the football industry has responded to this. You know, you, 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 we talk about football's building character. And I think there are there are some people who have been leaders on this, who have changed from within. But the, for the most part, the football in, you know world has turned their backs on this. Really? and. I would argue, yes. I mean, especially when you see a study like that one that came out of the NCAA, that that, that college football coaches have not changed how they play, you know, in, in response to this. They're still going to give their players CTE, and I, the, the data tells me not enough of them care about what's happening to their guys. And, we, and and frankly, let's think about it. We don't we don't get nearly the help we should be getting from from football. People (laughs) to try to solve a disease that we've already proven exists in 10% of NFL players, and it's probably significantly higher than that.
0: You would think when a guy like Junior Seau dies, it would shake us up a little bit. You're saying even all of these terrible tragedies. I I mean, it's gotten to the point, Chris, where when I hear of a former player's death at a young age, let's take Vincent Jackson for an example, down in Tampa. Mm -hmm. My first blush... Now, I'm a 53-year-old guy who watches every football game I can watch. But my first blush is always CTE. Had to be uh, either a direct or indirect source of his problems and his early premature death. Is that a good thing that guys like me feel are conditioned to feel that way? Or is that presumptuous and not a good thing?
8: Well, unfortunately, the data would say it's not presumptuous. So, you know, if you think about it, again, you know, we – published in 2017, one hundred and ten of 111 NFL players who had their brains donated had CTE. And so and since then, we've we've well, I think almost tripled that number. And, and it's still a very, very high, high number. And so if you think the brain should be donated and if the family donates, it's probably over, you know, nine, nine and ten chance that they have CTE. And and then we have to figure out, mm-hmm. is it related to why they died? And, you know, that's going to be hard for you know in any single case it's hard to say but something horrible is happening here and we should be you know much more dedicated to figuring it out but I will say the fact that you're thinking about it hopefully means that those people who are having those struggles that often lead to premature deaths like addiction or other issues are seeking help or their families may know better how to help them we have a helpline that we try to give that one-on-one help to people who are not doing well. And and we do still get a lot of NFL families who reach out. Mm. Um, I had a, I had the wife of an iconic NFL player who had very famous concussions reach out today. Like the, the fact is they're, they're out there struggling and at least they know they have a name for it now. And they're, and they're out there trying to get help.
0: Did you guys get Vincent Jackson's brain donated to research? Yes. Oh, good. And when will we know how long does it take?
8: Well, because of uh, the increased volume in COVID, we're right now looking at 10 to 12 months.
0: A long time before his loved ones get the answers. So, Chris, what do you say? We have, uh, I would think, an enormous audience of parents out there of young kids here in the Seattle area and all over the country that are trying to make this very, very difficult decision. We made it. We have two boys Uh, one of which wanted to play football. We made the decision for him. Unfortunately, he was not allowed. He had to play basketball, play baseball, and play other things. What do you say to the parents of the young ones in our audience who are trying to figure it all out, the decision as to whether to let their boys play or not?
8: The easy decision for me is there is no real upside to playing tackle football before high school. You know, it, we actually put together the all-time greatest team that ever that never played before high school. And it <laughs> turns out it's the uh, the top five NFL players all time. Really? The consensus top five did not play before high school. Who? Who's your consent? Who's your consensus top five?
0: Well, you you're, to you, to? uh, you're, you're, you're joining me from Florida, South Florida, and I told you that I'm a South Florida guy. So my top five are Dan Marino, Dan Marino, Dan Marino, Dan
8: Marino, and Dan Marino.
0: So go from there.
8: Okay, uh, Jerry Rice. <laughs> Jim Brown, Walter Payton, uh, Lawrence Taylor, and Tom Brady.
0: None of them played before high school? None of them played before high school. How is that possible? You're telling me these guys (laughs) walked onto a football field? You're telling me Tom Brady walked onto a football field and threw a football in a game for the first time in high school. How's that possible?
8: <laughs> well, maybe that's why he was drafted so late. He didn't have enough years in.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. But, I guess. Um, How's that yeah, possible?
8: The, yeah, I know. But the point the point that parents need to hear is that you know, even though we, we all worry our kids are going to get left behind, football is a unique sport that's really just about athleticism and to try to play football before you go through puberty before you've built up muscle and strength and before you have the testosterone that makes you angry yeah <laughs> uh, it, it's not a great trade so wait till high school and then if you're gonna let them play in high school be an advocate for them make sure the coach isn't hitting in practice like an old in an old school way make sure they're doing good concussion education make sure they have an athletic trainer because it's not very safe without a medical advocate there um and then the, the other tricky thing is hope your child isn't too good because <laughs> I, I get you it. Know, if you think about it, we so we published a study uh, last year showing that your odds of developing CT go up um, very, you know, each year you play and it goes up relatively quickly. So it probably doubles sort of at each level of football. Uh, or maybe even quicker we are the data said 30 percent but you know that's a huge number so play four years you, you know the odds are pretty strong you're not going to develop ct but if you play eight years because yeah. you're playing college the odds get pretty strong like in our experience a lot of them have it and then if you play longer than that you get into double digits you know now it might become a coin flip so um i don't you know i mean that's 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 that's, that's an exaggeration extrapolation but the point oh. is that, like, it is a tricky thing. Or you play. Like, yeah. yeah. Because if you if you're good in high school and you're offered scholarships, it's really hard for a young boy to turn that down. Wow. And once you get, and it's really hard to quit because you're told quitters sure. are bad people. Sure. So I don't know. It's it's tough. So you anyway, have sons. My son, you yeah, have sons? My son, he's six months old. He can't crawl yet, so I'm not worried about football. <laughs> but um, he's not. He's definitely not playing till high school. And then I'm hoping that we've made high school football so much safer by then that maybe you can try it. Okay.
0: Chris Nowinski, who's uh, at the forefront of research, brain research, as we continue to struggle with CTE and all the the consequences of playing football, Uh, these grown men that uh, hit really, really hard. They're faster, they're stronger than ever before. They're they're a lot faster and stronger than when Chris played at Harvard. Chris wouldn't wouldn't have played at Harvard in 2021. (laughs) That's all I have to say about that. Chris, thank you very much. Great to visit with you. Have a great 21, and we'll keep our eye out. Come back again. All right, thanks, Mitch. Appreciate it. Hey, it's time to catch up with Zeke's Pizza president, Dan Black. How are you, Dan? What's up, Mitch? How's it going? All good. Lots going on in your world. Any uptick in the restaurants? And what can you tell us about people in the Northwest returning to work for the catering portion of your business? Yeah, people are
4: dining out. It's been at 25% for a little while. And I can tell you people know and are excited about it. Little sense of normalcy. So people are out, and that's great. And then, yeah, the other thing that's happened since the last time we talked is We've noticed an uptick in catering. Work from home, people are tired of it. So there's people going back to the office. And so a couple weeks ago, we started to notice some of our daytime delivery pickup, which is great.
0: That's great. And expansion, red hot. How many since the COVID crisis? And now you're moving closer and closer to the Canadian border, I hear.
4: Yep, we just signed a deal for two restaurants in Bellingham. We're really excited about Bellingham. It's a great Northwest town. It's a great fit for Zeke's. And yeah, those two restaurants represent numbers seven and eight in terms of deals we've signed since COVID hit.
0: Your locations aren't the only thing that's expanding. You've always been known for your craft beer list, and that's growing too.
4: Yeah, like I say, we're known for having one of the best craft beer programs in the Northwest, and one of the cool features of that is... We do exclusive collaboration beers with a lot of the best breweries in the Northwest and we've got one coming out soon uh, with a brewery out of Winthrop called Old School House Brewery. Mm -hmm. They make some of the best IPAs in the Northwest. Uh, This one's called Moonbooter IPA. Both companies are full of avid skiers and moonbooters a slang for a jump where you catch massive air. And so it's just a really good beer. We're excited about it. It'll be in cans and available for delivery.
0: Fantastic, Dan. And beer can be delivered right to your door with great Northwest style pizza. The easiest way, just download the Zeke's Pizza app. Just a few clicks and you're all set. We love Zeke's Pizza at Mitch Unfiltered. It's homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Stuff segment episode 132 with Hot Shot Scott. I know that you have some stuff you want to throw at me. Did you hear your buddy Stretch? Oh, yes, Matthew Stretch Johnson was three segments worth of a guest last yeah. week. You haven't mentioned one word about your old him. buddy. He was,
1: I actually texted him, thanked him for coming on. It oh, was, you did? It was good to hear. Did he write him, yeah. back?
0: He did write back, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. He seemed to enjoy it. He did, yeah, telling the old stories. He th- he's a great guy. I don't know, he's a ment, right? I, mean, I will just- never forget Stuart Scott telling <laughs> us to quiet down. That's, I didn't know that story.
1: That's <laughs> hilarious. You two being annoying and obnoxious, milk coming out of your nose. Annoying and obnoxious. We were just
0: having a fun time. Stewart was not having any of it. Yeah. yeah. Very serious, Stuart's Very kind. serious. <laughs> yeah, he t- he, first, he wanted to know what we were laughing about. Oh, okay. Well, he wanted to get he, in on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I don't think we told him. <laughs> and he got mad.
1: Stretch is one of those guys, he's just a fun guy to be around. Isn't he? He's How about his laugh? Is it contagious? Oh, contagious, The yes. best
0: laugh ever. So great, yeah. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun doing that. If you haven't listened to episode 131, we did, and maybe people don't know who Matt Stretch Johnson is. He was a longtime KJR worker. Yep. He came to us from Fred Meyer's produce department. This he is sure true did. story. Yep. Fred Meyer's produce department to KJR, to producer for Mitch, to Seattle Seahawks as a PR guy to the Sounders play-by-play gig, which he had never done sa- play-by-play stuff in his life. Yeah. And uh, and they just actually let him go. But we reminisced about our relationship over the last 25 years. A lot of fun.
1: Me, Stretch, and Soundgarden lead singer Chris Cornell, rest in peace. Chris Cornell's brother Peter would play football on Sunday. So play, really? Played football. Chris uh, did or Chris's uh, Chris's brother, brother Peter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who looks exactly like Chris. Was this
0: when the guppy... Yes, <laughs> that was that story. <laughs> Did I tell that on this? Yes. Yeah,
1: God. Or he couldn't resist. He, Ed Too Tall Jones had to bat down the guppy's pass. <laughs> God, leave the kid alone. He's nine years oh. old. Anyway, all right. Mike Trout. You heard of Mike Trout? No, Mike pretty Trout. Pretty good baseball yeah, player. Pretty good. He made his pretty MLB good. MLB debut on July eighth, two thousand eleven, as the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim took on the Seattle Mariners in Southern California. Well, that jersey, that game worn jersey, just hit the block at an online auction house, Leland's. And they think it's. I know about get, Leland's? They expect seven figures for the Mike Trout jersey. Who owns that jersey? I don't know. It doesn't say here, but somebody's putting it. He up doesn't need the and, money. He's doing just fine. For he's himself. doing just fine. Yes, but uh, if you must know, the Angels won four to three that day. <laughs> of course, right? They had to throw that in against the Mariners. Uh. So yeah, if you want to buy Mike Trout's jersey, it's going to probably go for seven figures.
0: I only have one that I didn't mention in the uh, in the first segment. Did you see that on Thursday, the Las Vegas Knights of the NHL announced a a brand-new marketing sponsorship with something called Uptick Trade? Did you read that story? No, I didn't see that story. It was a revolutionary relationship and and contract signing because Uptick Trade hotshot is a company that sells gambling picks, picks on games, NFL games, NHL games, baseball, never has a professional sports Uh, franchise partnered with, they call it a tout, never has a tout and a professional sports team actually had an official relationship. And it's a Mexican-based company, never has a NHL team had a sponsorship with a Mexican-based company. And so it was getting a lot of headlines, and people were livid. People were very mad, they were. very angry, that they should never get in bed with a tout, a, a picker. They're shady companies. They charge $89 a month to give you picks. By the way, what's going to happen when they pick against the Knights, when they're sponsored, <laughs> when they are a sponsor of the Knights, and are they going to get... Inside information, oh, like injury reports, yeah. are the injury reports going to go to them first because they're a partner? And so, a lot of people were not happy with the relationship between what they call a sports tout and an NHL team. And this happened on Thursday. Uh, on Sunday, the relationship came to an end. <laughs> <Is that laughs> it's over. <right? laughs> I was just going to
1: ask you. Well, what do you think? You think this is a good idea? Or doesn't not, matter. Doesn't do. matter anymore, no. does it?
0: It's over. The relationship lasted three days, oh. Thursday to Sunday. They, the, the Las Vegas Knights announced, uh, our relationship with uptick trade is now over. We will be taking no questions and having – we will have no further comment. They gave into to the pressure? That's it. Pressure? Done.
1: I mean, in a, in, in a Done. pandemic, I mean, can't you take a couple bucks where you can in these days? Well, I, mean, I don't know. Or is there too much conflict of interest I there? I think that
0: these leagues are doing okay for themselves for the most part because of the TV contracts. I know they don't have fans and what have you, but – uh, yeah. Speaking of sponsors, did I yeah. see a new
1: uh, potential Mitch Unfiltered sponsor you were oh, yeah. talking about <laughs> on the old Twitter?
0: Are you gonna be doing live
1: reads for <laughs> the new sponsor? By the way, I hear, I'll read that email. I hear that sponsor on a lot of podcasts. Oh, you do. And on YouTube, almost every YouTube video I watch that yeah. pops up. That all right? I'll,
0: I'll bring that up in the other stuff. segment. go ahead. You go, you go. You do the next couple. You and following I'll
1: get that the email. Lady Gaga dog theft? Yeah. What what is
0: that? So. What happened? Her, somebody that she hired to take the dogs for a walk got robbed, and they, took the, they, they dog-napped the dogs?
1: Yeah, so she, hi- she has a dog walker that she hired. Yeah. This guy was walking around Hollywood, like Sunset Boulevard, and as soon as he went down the residential street, he got ambushed. They took two of the three dogs, or I don't know if they took them all, but kidnapped her French bulldogs, which are very expensive, shot the poor dog walker in the chest with a gun, shot wow. him. I mean— Walking a dog sounds like a pretty, safe, a pretty safe job. He, they say he's going he's gonna to recover from it. Amazing, right? Lady Gaga's in Rome. She says, I'm paying half a million dollars, no questions asked, to anyone who finds my dogs. No questions asked. If you took them and you feel badly, half a million is yours. So a good Samaritan, a few days later, saw the three dogs tied to a post in an alley. So at first, police thought that, yeah, so I, I think the kidnappers got nervous that they were Lady Gaga's dogs. Or they were
0: in getting a sandwich or something. They put well, the dogs out. <laughs> I don't think
1: they'd be that stupid. They're pretty expensive and dogs. And at
0: Starbucks
1: getting a latte? Well, it'd be like the old Cheech and Chong movie. Hey, man, someone <laughs> ripped off that thing I ripped off. You know? <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> He's indignant that someone ripped off the thing he ripped off. Uh, but anyway, so... That is a good line. So yeah. this, this Samaritan turns it in, and, and she's going to get the half a million dollars from Lady Gaga. So it all ended well. The guy's going to recover from the gunshot wound. Yeah. That's crazy. That, people just nabbing friends it was broad daylight. well they say when he turned down the residential street that's probably when it went wrong but you know on sunset you've been on there it's packed with people and lights so, up anyway so the dogs
0: have been returned all good and he's gonna and he's gonna survive he's gonna recover from she's okay didn't she offer like 500 grand or five grand or 50 grand or something
1: wait that's why i said that the lady who found him tied up's getting half a million dollars half a million bucks 500 grand lady gaga said uh, no questions asked i'll wow. give it to anyone who brings my dogs back wow I think she could probably afford it, too. She's doing okay. She's doing
0: all right. So good for that lady, getting a half a million. Hey, Mitch, this is from Matt. I just had to chime in that I couldn't disagree more with the idea that paying young minor leaguers for a small percentage of their future earnings is predatory. Remember the story oh, yeah. we talked about yeah, Michael yeah. Schwimmer, the former big league pitcher who came on our show and talked about his his created company where they invest in young young minor leaguers yep. for a take in their their future earnings and now they did so with um, Fernando Tatis yep. and now he's signing a $340 million <laughs> and he owes him $27 million and a lot of people are mad about that. It's easy to say now says the emailer that Tatis has a 300 plus million dollar contract that he was taken advantage of and he never should have given any of it up. But that's only with the benefit of hindsight, writes Matt. So many things could have gotten in the way. Injuries, bad luck, his development not materializing, whatever. The point is that nothing was guaranteed at that point, and he took some money, which, had things not worked out, could have materially changed his and his family's life for the better. Now, it did work out. But you know what? He still gets $275 million. Generational wealth for his family is intact. He's not a victim here. He made a prudent decision to lock in some dollars many, many years ago. He took some chips off the table, if you will. No faulting him for doing that. And certainly no faulting the investors that gave him the opportunity and are now benefiting from their good fortune that it worked out. That's Matt.
1: I can see it both ways. It sounds like a cop-out answer, but I can see it both ways. It is a cop-out answer. It is, yeah. That's why we get three stars. I, I said, first of all, I said it does feel a little predatory. I, I that was my first reaction when I when I heard the story. You're going to an a lot 18 of year old said with that. no money. You know, here's whatever he gave him thirty grand, or I don't know, if it, maybe more like than 500
0: that. grand. Okay, four, four or five hundred. Right, here. Well, that that makes a difference.
1: Yeah. So here's a half a million dollars to somebody who's yeah got no money I mean, right. of who, who does
0: at 18. Well, I think he did actually have money, but go ahead because his father was a big league player. But go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Not I that that changes just, anything. It just felt. I a see it both ways to too. I don't think you know. Look, I, I think if it was done on the up and up, and if it was done with agents and lawyers, yeah. and it wasn't done with a kid in the alley behind a you know a, a food stand, come sign this kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If it was done on the up, if it was a business relationship, and and the kid had had some representation, I, I don't see why why it would be considered predatory behavior. It was a it was a business deal. Any update on whether? He's cut that check yet? I have not seen whether he's got that.
1: <laughs> I'm check. dying to know if that guy's going to get his money. All right, plastic surgeon Dr. Scott Green, he appeared virtually before a Sacramento court commissioner to fight a traffic ticket. Now he's a plastic surgeon. He was decked out in his surgical scrubs on the Zoom, and you can see the patient that he's actually working on on the operating table mid-surgery while he's fighting this traffic ticket in court. He's working on a patient. <laughs> he's got his hand and he's, he's got his right hand up. So, you know, I swear to tell truth. The judge basically the judge saw it and he's just got weirded out by it. He goes, "No, go help that patient. We'll do this in a month,
7: all right, mean <laughs> Jesus!
1: The judge was like, "What are you doing?" Uh, the, the, to be fair to the doctor, he said, "There's another one working on him here." But the judge just got it was too weird for him. He said, "No, go help that patient. Make sure they live. We'll I'll see you in a month."
0: Here's the email. I, I tweeted out a copy of this email. Mitch underscore Seattle. That's the little underline on the Twitter. If you'd like to follow me, I tweeted this out the other day. This was the email that I received that you're referring to. Hey, Mitch Unfiltered Pod, comma. Okay. We came across your pod and love, in caps, your content. Mm. Exclamation mark. Oh, boy. We are reaching out on behalf of the audio marketing team at Manscaped.com www.manscaped.com. We are interested in advertising on your podcast. Yes. And he went on to tell me what I need to do and all the information they need. And please get back to us. We want to do advertising on Mitch Unfiltered. Oh. I've not called him back. Who are you to turn down a buck for this cockamamie <laughs> podcast? I mean, what the hell are you doing here?
1: <laughs> hey, this is
0: Mitch from Manscaped. I mean, come on. <laughs> and now it's interesting because I had <sighs> never heard of them. Okay. And I thought that that was funny and cute that we would get an email. It was nice. It was a compliment, whatever, that I wouldn't pursue. And I thought that the people, that listeners or that followers on Twitter would get a kick out of seeing that email. I didn't expect the reaction that I got. I got a lot of reaction from people saying, oh, they're great. I use their products all the time. I I didn't realize that. They advertise everywhere. They must spend a fortune. I've gotten a couple of those too. Like, hey, they're on all the podcasts. They're on all the popular podcasts. Click on a YouTube video.
1: Really? Every third one. Manscaped. They're everywhere, yeah. I I don't know if I'm comfortable doing reads for them, but uh, you're you're welcome to if you'd like to. If I'm going to do a read, I can't do it in front of you. I know that for sure. I'm going to have to cut it privately. I'm going to die laughing. All right, the name Willow Johnson probably means nothing to you. Willow Johnson. She's a 6 foot 3, 6 foot 3, lefty who started volleyball at the University of Oregon. Her dad is named
0: Randy Johnson, who was a pitcher for the Mariners. I'm aware of him. Yes. Who so, once called me, I'll tell you his story. My favorite Randy Johnson. I have two favorite Randy Johnson stories, but go ahead. All right, well, the
1: the New York Times wrote up a really cool profile on her cuz she's she's starting the first women's professional volleyball league in the country. So it was, I was—I read the, the ride up. It was pretty cool, but I didn't know that Randy had a Johnson. Or Randy had a daughter who was really good at volleyball and played at Oregon. I just never heard anything about it. But six foot three lefty, and now there's a professional volleyball league for people who wanna for women that? who wanna keep playing. So there you go. She's that. a pioneer. If this thing takes off,
0: she's only six three. Six th- she only got to six three. The mom must be five
1: four or something. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I went out with a six foot three. I went, I went to lunch cool. with a six foot three woman. Yeah, how'd that go? It's for tall. You? She wasn't in a did hot shop. Did you shot.
0: manscape before she, you went out? Well,
1: it didn't get that far. <laughs> she wasn't in a hot shop, believe me. But <laughs> was... still,
0: did you Manscaped?
1: Uh, I, yeah, I think I did. Did you pro- use the product? Yeah, I think I probably did. Actually Are you
0: familiar with the company, Manscaped? Of course, Have I Have you gone you. to the website?
1: I, well, Have you bought anything? Not from them, specifically. Would you tell me if you had? From them? Yeah, I would tell you. Well, I mean, I, you know... You know, I take, I take care of myself. But uh, not. Uncomfortable. It just got. Mitch, it went from Mitch unfiltered to Mitch uncomfortable. on yeah, well, a piece. Keep asking. You're, you're going You want the truth? It'll come out. Keep asking. I was doing
0: the show, the midday show. Yes. My first year here, so this would have been ninety four, five ish, like summer nine. No, this would have been fall of ninety five. Fall of ninety five. I was doing the midday show. Okay. All right, so this you were it,
1: fall of '95.
0: Yeah, like I came in January '95, and I did the midday show until uh, mm. March of uh, May of '96. Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay. So I was doing the midday show in fall of '95, and during a break, my producer, who was behind me at 190 Queen Anne Avenue, uh, yes. says to me, "You got a phone call from Randy Johnson. Are you on the air at this? I just had gone to a commercial. Gotcha. Break. Okay. Randy Johnson wants to talk to you. Oh boy." And I'm like, who's playing a prank? Randy Johnson doesn't know who I am and doesn't want to talk to me. It's Irish Minky in Ballard or something. (laughs) (laughs) No one knows that. Patriot Steve. Yeah. Um, I pick up the phone behind me, and it sounds, I swear to you, it sounds like Randy Johnson. Probably is Randy Johnson. And he says to me, it's right before USC is about to play Washington. Okay. In football. All right. I want to make a bet with you, Mitch. He and I have never met. Huh. This is after the 95 whole thing. Right, yeah, yeah. He and I I don't think it ever met. And he's listening and big fan. I want to make a bet with you that if Washington wins, and I'm like, I don't even like Washington. I don't even know who Washington (laughs) is. I'm I'm just moved here. (laughs) Yeah. Because he's a USC guy. If Washington wins, I'll shave my head. Oh, yeah, you're not into head shaving. And if, if USC wins, you shave your head. There's zero chance you even thought about that bet for I a said, second. I don't know if you are Randy Johnson. <laughs> okay, but getting me to wager of, make a wager where I would shave my head over a team that I don't care about. <laughs> right. Yeah, It's no. not happened. But thanks for your phone call. I said, do you want to go on the air with this? No, I don't want to go on the air with this. I just hmm. wanted to be an off the air bet. And I didn't take the bet. Okay. As it turns out, by the way, I think they tied that year. Oh really? A tie. I think it was like a twenty-seven, twenty-seven or 28-28. So you shaved your head? Is that what happened? No, I, I didn't shave any of my head. That's one of the. That's one of the stories. All right. And the other story, and maybe it was ninety-five. The other story is, I was in the Mariners' locker room very few times in my life here. I didn't do. I don't do locker rooms. I don't do the Seahawks' yeah. locker room. I don't do all that stuff, like all the other guys who do do it. But I was in the Mariners' locker room after a game one night. It maybe it was ninety-five. Okay. And he was sitting against his locker eating a chicken bone. Eating a bone? Like a chicken. Like eating chicken off of a bone. Gotcha, yeah. And no one was near him and I was walking by him to go somewhere else and our eyes met. You know, like two strangers in the night. That's right. Our eyes met as I was walking by him. That'd be a good title for a song. And you know what he did? He did as I was walking by him and our eyes met the same thing as our Doberman Pinscher used to do (laughs) when I was growing up come on he started growling at me like joking like like, like, like i don't know yeah probably i don't know i still don't know this is so weird <laughs> he was randy johnson was growling at me like a dog yeah because I, he thought maybe i was coming towards him yeah, or yeah. i was gonna stop or whatever our eyes met and my, my our doberman back in the day her lip would when she got mad like oh. if she had a rawhide bone and you put your arm out across the room like you were going to take it oh, from yeah, her. Oh yeah, that's no good. Her lip would <laughs> and She'll her, show teeth, you her teeth, those, those yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> and she started. He was growling at me like a dog. <laughs> well, he was two letting you know, don't come by. I'm eating chicken. Like this is my Randy Johnson stories. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Randy Johnson it. was very unapproachable though. I was in that locker room a was lot. He? he was pretty scary. Yeah. I don't think I went up to him once.
0: Yeah, it's funny though when you when you did get a chance to interview him on the rare occasion, which I did over the years, he was very nice. Hmm, very nice. Is Maybe it, a little awkward, but, 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 but nice. Isn't there a story about him coming back from back
1: surgery and softy tripping over a chair and knocking it into his back or something know, like I mean, that? I don't know. Nah, You're I, asking the wrong guy. All right. A me. Seattle woman purchased a crochet kit to make animal hats at a thrift store
0: in Greenwood. You know the oh. Greenwood
1: neighborhood? Yeah, sure. But when the what? crochet hobbyist opened the
0: kit... You she, know downtown Seattle? You ever heard of Seattle? Yeah, it's, not, it's not downtown, but... Okay. Um, uh, no, I know it isn't, but asking me if I... I've lived here 25 <laughs> years. I know where Greenwood Oh, you do? Is. Okay, good. Okay. But
1: when the crochet hobbyist opened the kit, she found a suspicious package that was encased in yellow rubber with 100% written on the outside. The item also smelled kind of weird, police said. The woman immediately called police who took the suspicious package and later confirmed it contained one kilogram of cocaine. She bought this crocheting kit at a thrift store and for some reason there was cocaine in it. There was a kilogram of, that's like two pounds of coke. Yeah, in that crochet kit. Yeah, so she called the police. You know, she didn't want to sling it for a couple extra bucks. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if the thought ever crossed her mind. I don't know what a kilo is worth these days, but the You're good news sure is— You sure they um, just weren't
0: running a promotion? <laughs> promotion, yeah.
1: And <laughs> she somehow made 400 crochet hats in two hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, not a promotion, but anyway, uh, there
1: you go. All right. You got any more?
0: I'm done. You're done? I'm, I'm ready to, to listen. All right. Where are you, you, are you familiar
1: with the OnlyFans websites? This is my, my last one, by the way.
0: You've talked about the OnlyFans, right? I okay. do know about it. The OnlyFans web, website has gotten very, very popular over the last, especially over the last year, right? Yep. During the pandemic.
1: That's right. So, if for people that don't know, um, you go on camera, you make videos, or maybe live stream, then people pay you money to see you do stuff. Typically, it's... Take your clothes off. That's right. right.
0: All right, so... I, I have a, an OnlyFans page myself. <laughs> well... I don't have many people, just a couple of blind you people. You might want to get one after this.
1: <laughs> Christ, oh. Crystal Jackson of Sacramento, California, said she makes around $150,000 a month. What? As a content creator. Problem is... Content creator. Yeah. She has three kids that are all in a private Catholic school.
0: Oh, I think I read this. Yeah. She got in trouble.
1: Well, the kids are now booted out of the Sacred Heart Parish. Oh. Yeah. So she's also known as Mrs. Poindexter on camera. Uh, She started her OnlyFan account as a way to spice up her marriage, she says, and she's got no plans to quit it anytime soon. She and her husband have started applying to send their kids to other Catholic schools in the area. They can afford
0: it. They can afford any private school they want without without money.
1: CBS 13 in Sacramento is now reporting that there's actually a group of moms who decided to do this, and they're all earning money this way. But... Some of those moms' kids are still in the school, and it's a whole thing. So, I guess— Oh, she's
0: just more popular than the other moms.
1: They at least found Hmm. out about her, yes, maybe because she's more popular. But we'll see how this all shakes out. This has
0: been a huge phenomenon, this OnlyFans page.
1: It is. Especially
0: during the pandemic. I've read a lot of articles about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's still unclear which one of the school's administrators spent hours and hours— and I mean hours researching and <laughs> discovering these, these horrendous Wait,
0: acts. Is this a story but Did they're... I just walk into the story? Is this but is this the Sniff story? Yeah, but I mean, this they're is truly a hero for Sniff This is this the out. end. Yeah. Oh, did you want another one? I oh, I thought you were playing something for him, but that's okay. We'll do it at another time.
1: Well, let's play it at the end. Okay, let's play it at the end. Uh, right. Catholics judging people for lewd and lascivious behavior that could potentially affect children is sort of like Catholics judging people for lewd and lascivious behavior that could potentially affect children. Calm down, everyone. The Pope would be cool with it. Relax, no, everybody. He
0: no, he wouldn't. No, he seems
1: like a cool guy. <laughs> he seems nice. You know, he's a little more liberal. Oh, God. All right, sorry for going after them. I was married in a Catholic church. Leave me alone. 150- I 100, wasn't. hundred- yeah. <laughs> true. Sorry, a sympathetic group, if ever there was one. I mean, it's like, all right. 150 G's a month and I'm laboring over a few stupid jokes every Sunday morning, what the hell are you he doing? Jesus.
0: And finally, the kids- of these, I told you, <clears throat> it, it worked for Paris- Hilton, I know it worked for Kim Kardashian. Yep. I told you, I made a promo out of this. I know you're it, not we- wrong. It, it works for the OnlyFans gal in Sacramento. Get to work, Mitch. Unfiltered is on life support. We need a we need a lift. 150 grand a month. Go to work, hot shot. Oh, you might get us some listeners. Yeah, I told you some subscribers. You got to get fans. Some five star ratings. You need people
1: to actually watch. All right, and finally, the kids of these moms are so embarrassed. By the way, have you? Did you do the
0: research on that OnlyFans? website on that girl in Sacramento on that woman do you know what she looks like oh yeah would you recognize her if you ran into her in, in Greenwood, in, in Greenwood? <laughs> I wouldn't recognize her but yeah no she, she's doing
1: interviews she's not like hiding oh. she's, she's going on the news channels and you've seen her work uh, I've seen a picture I've seen a picture yeah, but I... I yeah I think Worth a to, thousand words,
0: you know. I think you have to be
1: a member. Oh. Member. To yeah, actually, of course, that's how she makes her that's money. That's how she makes her money, so yeah. I can't just... Sorry, I interrupted a joke. Go ahead. Uh, well, finally, these kids, the kids of these <laughs> so moms, they're so embarrassed that their moms are viewed as MILFs. You know that term, right? Moms I would yes. like to forget. <laughs> 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 they gotta be pissed, right? I mean, come on, that's their mom. Ugh. Uh, how
0: old are the kids
1: uh, at Sacred Heart? I think, I mean, it's like, 7, 9, and 11. Like You're young, looking for younger, a new school. Younger. younger because mom
0: a, posted pictures of herself.
1: Yes, and there's a big group of these moms doing it. I mean, who knows how many are doing it that maybe your neighbors are doing it. Who knows? It's a great way to make money these days during the quarantine. Misty was taking shots the other day. Misty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get, get uh, Misty on there. All right. Uh, I got a weird voicemail that I want to play. Maybe it's not funny. Or, or maybe you've gotten this or somebody else has gotten it. Do I need to be worried about this? Are, are you ready to hear this? Yeah, I'm ready to hear it.
2: The reason of this call is to inform you about a package has been seized under your name by U.S. Customs and Border Protection (laughs) with contraband of drugs and cash. So the moment you receive this call, press one to speak with the CBP officer. I repeat, press one to speak with CBP officer. Thank you.
1: First of all, if somebody's sending me packages of cash and drugs, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you sure it's not a crochet kit? Yeah, I know. You're going to have to drop it off at my house, I think, because this clearly isn't working. But
0: A package oh. with cash and drugs under my name? You can't press one because that was a recording of yeah. a voicemail. But I, think I get these things <sighs> all the time, and I just want to call them back and record it for the show. I, d- I just want to get into a conversation with one of these people.
1: The problem is is that now they're spoofing numbers. You know what that means? It, it's showing up as a, like a 206.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it looks like my number. Well, I get more calls each week that looks like I'm getting a call almost yep. from my exact number, really close to my number. I like, don't understand how they the do that. The first three
1: digits are yeah, always,
0: always my number. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I actually called one back and <laughs>
1: some, some guy answered. And he, I was like, hey, did you leave a, uh, did you call Scott? And he's like, nope.
0: He's like, Oh, he, that is so weird because you know what? But then, he, but then he said, he said, but somebody called me and hung up as well. I just had the same thing happen. I was doing an interview on Skype on our Skype hotline number. Yeah. The Zeke's pizza hotline. number, Correct. Which I only use to use interviews. It's a Skype number. It's a 206. It actually says people want to always wonder why does it say Bainbridge Island? I'm not, I'm not in Bainbridge. I don't know. That's yeah. just the way it is. Anyway, it's a 206 number. I did an interview the other day on Skype. I think it was for either this show or for the the previous 131P. And right when I finished, Skype rang into me. And I was like, it never rings in. Yeah. I call out. And I, I answer it. It's a lovely lady on the other line. I think she was from Sacramento. She just doing some pictures. <laughs> and she says, I just want to know who this is. This number just, did you just call me? I was yeah. like, no. I just. I didn't call you're sure you didn't call me I said no this is a Skype number and I do a podcast and I just literally was just on that number speaking with an interview subject I did not call you well that's weird because I just got a I just got a call from this number yep she didn't believe me right I did not call you I just was on the phone with like Joel Corey and right. I start telling her about what Joel Corey <laughs> she said well what does she what does he think about Shaq <laughs> The best guess you had in months, this uh, woman. But, yeah, that, that's what they're so doing now. That's what's now. happening, yeah. They're
1: spoofing numbers, and I'm calling back. The worst part is that I don't have a job, mm. and I'm always applying to jobs. <laughs> and so I, every time I see a Seattle number, I'm like, woo interview time. Shit. Uh, no, nope, foiled again. Yep, That's it. There you go. Oh yeah, become a patron. Listen to my my Ann Wilson. Ann You're Wilson, love it.
0: yeah, yeah. You should listen as well. I hope you, you know do who that. Annie Wilson is, not Ann Wilson. Annie Wilson. That would be that Annie would be Wilson. Mariner catcher. Oh, Dan Wilson. Dan Wilson's wife. wife is Annie Wilson. I've actually not met Ann her. Will- I met her. lady.
1: Really Lovely. nice. Oh, they're
0: great. They're a great family.
1: Yeah, we used to. What was the the bar that KJR used to broadcast from Mariner games um, across the street from the Jimmy's? Jimmy's. Jimmy's on, on first. first. Yes. I met her in there one time. Could not have been nicer. His, really nice people. And places. by the way, speaking of Mariners, I don't know why. I said, Kyle Seeger's wife just tweeted out a picture of their son, Crew, hitting a home run out of the entire field. It's his first home run ever. This kid looks like he's four. I mean, he looks so young. Well, he probably is four. I mean, he's probably like seven. He
0: looks so tiny, and he just jacked one out of the entire field. And what she should have written (laughs) on the tweet is, is he overpaid too? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right, that's it. All right. Who's your next musical target? Or when's your next musical target? Or do you even know who your next musical target will be? I have a couple ideas. I don't know for sure. I, I think I know where I'm going. Took a long time to get to Ann Wilson.
1: As far as me putting it together, you mean? Yeah. yeah but the the week in Arizona didn't help. And yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think I know who it is. People want me to do like Chris Cornell, like you know, younger Pearl Jam, younger fifty guys in their fifties. But I think I need to do the old people, like the seventy year olds first. I kind of want to do them first. So I think I know who it is. But I'm open to suggestions if anyone wants to tweet at Scott Soden.
0: Episode 132. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you'll become a patron. And if not a patron, then you'll listen each and every Monday. Go back and click play on the episodes that you haven't listened to. It would help. It would really help sustain Mitch Unfiltered. Uh, I'm done asking for things. This is episode 132, and it's in the (laughs) books.